What's up? Happy weekend, everyone. It's Game Face episode 115 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and this is my boy, Matt Kyle, and he is back. Yep. So, uh, for anyone wondering what happened last week, uh, the day before we were supposed to do the show, um, doctors found a small mass or tumor in me, and uh, the day after I was still kind of recovering from the news and sort of the... Uh, procedure that required to find that out. Uh, there's a biopsy scheduled like two months from now, like the doctors aren't really worried about it uh, being something life-threatening or anything, but it is a thing, you know, that's not that's not a fun piece of news to get. So I had to call Shane and basically say like, I can't concentrate on video games today, like we're not, I can't do it. Um, I didn't want to, but, but I'm back now and uh, I don't really feel a lot better because it's still an ongoing thing, yeah. but uh, I'm well enough to sit here and talk about Sea of Thieves. So, <laughs> like, yeah. And I'll give you some updates if anything changes, but it sounds hopefully like it will be a very kind of routine, non scary thing. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, so, Matt will be here through the month of February. Mm -hmm. And then we'll probably lose him for a little bit in March, and we'll get some, uh, some people to come in and fill in for him during those episodes. Mm -hmm. But, but just so you know, we weren't like, canceling the show because somebody had sniffles like yeah you know, we're we're here it's a real medical issue there's a real thing happening and uh we're gonna keep it going as best we can yeah it was odd because i didn't you know i didn't want to say matt's sick because then people think it's like a cold or the right. flu or whatever but i didn't want to tell them what was going on either because obviously that's your right and your place to explain right. it to everybody so no, i don't mean i don't mind i mean yeah there's like all the privacy issues whatever but i feel like you know you should know a little bit about what's happening, why the show wasn't on. So. Yeah, but that's you. You that's your story to tell. So yeah. anyway, that's why this week I didn't really explain what was going on. Uh, I just said that Matt wasn't well. I think was the the phrase that I used. Um, and still some concern, at least for me personally. I'm glad that you're feeling confident about it and everything. But well, I might be feeling less confident that I'm making it out. Yeah. To be, but like, <laughs> I just you know I was I was very upset for a couple of days, but like I don't really I'm not a, I I don't have a depression tendency i don't really have a as, as cynical and sarcastic as i may be like i don't really have it in <laughs> you me get to, it out on the show i guess like i, I don't really have it in me to feel bad Down for that long yeah. like there's too much stuff i like to do and too much many things i enjoy and like you know also i'm really you know historically i'm very hard to kill so <laughs> yeah. you know yeah well, you gotta do what you gotta do yep so uh yeah, we'll be good all through this month, the rest of February, and then in March we'll get some people in here. I'm already putting the feelers out there to get some people in to fill in for Matt whenever he is uh, not up to it. So that's the story. We're back, and we're going to be back for several weeks to come. Uh, again, I apologize we didn't have a show. Uh, I did try to fill in by creating a ton of content over the last week for the lack of Game Face. Uh, January of 2018, we created more original content as Sifted than we ever have in a month. Hmm. And then yesterday, I woke up and our Patreon had lost like four hundred dollars. <laughs> again? Yes. Is again. It, is it below four thousand? We actually—it's so messed up. We have more patrons now than we've ever had by a pretty wide margin. Even though last, like at midnight, before it turned over and people didn't want to pay, like seventeen people dropped. Even with that, we still have the highest number of patrons we've ever had, 
and we have the lowest Patreon money total we've ever had. It's very weird. Um, things aren't looking good, folks. I just want to tell you, hmm. they're, they're not looking good. So uh, I'm doing everything I can. I'm working like a maniac. Again, January 2018, the most content we've ever produced at Sifted. It didn't seem to make any difference. So with that in mind, it is a new month. And uh, for those of you who have been very gracious and have given us your uh, Twitch Prime subscriptions, if you could do that again today, that would be awesome. Uh, there's just a little button up at the top right of the player. And you just click that and you give it to us. You basically are giving us like free $2.50. Uh, last month, we got the most we've ever had from that. So we uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It makes a difference. I mean, that's a couple hundred bucks a month. So uh, if you guys could do that for February, we'd appreciate it very much. Uh, since we've been, been away for a couple weeks, we do have a really, really good show today. Um, I didn't want to go too far back and dredge up topics that are really old. Mm -hmm. um, there, in all honesty, there wasn't a lot that happened the week that we ended up canceling the show anyway, uh, which is good. Uh, but we have a really, really good show full of, I think, some really compelling topics and a lot of them. So we shouldn't screw around too long. We should just get right into it. And Matt kind of foreshadowed what we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about Sea of Thieves. So how much time did you get to spend with it? I played like four hours okay. uh, one night uh, when the uh, on the beta. Um, that game needs a tutorial. But, it, yeah, um, I mean the beta just threw you in, like yeah. literally threw you into the deep end. Yep, and I, I kind of, <laughs> I mean, I figured it out more or less. Like I, I jumped from place to place. First couple of games I got into, like I'd poke around, and then suddenly everybody would just vote me into the brig. Yeah. Like, for, for no apparent reason. Well, it's and... interesting that you brought that up right away, because that is one of my big contention points with Sea of Thieves, is the brig. Uh, that happened to me a ton of times. Um, and for people who don't know, who didn't get to play the closed beta, basically, you have four people on your team. Well, you can have mm -hmm. teams of two, or you can play by yourself. But Yeah, it seems like it's more or less designed to be played by a team of four. It, it seems to be, yeah. Because if you're... If you're a team of two, you have a smaller boat. Mm -hmm. And although I will say, two people in a smaller boat sunk our ship with four people in it. Mm -hmm. They just rammed it and sunk it. Uh, but when you're playing with four people, the people on your team can vote to put you in the brig. And what happens is you get, essentially, you warp to this little jail cell in the belly of the ship. And I couldn't really figure out any rhyme or reason to when or how you get out. Did you ever figure out? Like, but there's no timer no, or I anything. No, I couldn't figure out a way to get out of the brig. So I, I usually, like, the first time I, like, like wandered around and poked around in there for, like, ten minutes and, like, nothing happened. So I just sort of quit and joined another game. The first time it happened to me, they put me in the brig. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even know that feature existed. Like, I just suddenly, I disappear, I reappear, and I'm in this little jail that I had seen before, but I had no idea right. what it was for. And I'm like, well, it took what? me a little bit to figure out, like, oh, they, they voted me in here. I, I, I got it after a while. Well, like, I figured it out because they all came downstairs mm. and started mocking me. <laughs> so they started playing their instruments, and then they started drinking and puking on me. <laughs> and I refused to leave. I was just like, you know what? Once they started puking on me, I'm like, I'm not leaving. Because uh, I, I figured out, they're like, they're trying to kick me, basically. They're mm. trying to make me quit. So I wouldn't quit. And eventually, I just got let out. I don't know if they let me out or if there's a timer or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But what I've discovered, because it ended up happening to me a couple more times, and almost another time after that, is that people will, will put you in there when they want one of their friends to be the fourth player, and they don't want you to play with them. Mm. Um, then there was another time, I was playing a game with three other players. All three players quit. It was pretty late at night. And uh, I stayed in the game. And three more people join. And as soon as they join, they start talking about throwing me in the brig. And we had four chests on the ship. 
And I'm like, there is no way in hell you're keeping me from cashing in these chests. It's not happening. And so they all went down into the belly of the boat. They saw the chest sitting down there. They're like, oh my God, there's two captain's chests down here. And I was like, yeah, bro. I'm like, I just got those. And they're like, oh, wow, okay. Well, you know what you're doing. We're going to throw you in the brig or whatever. Uh, it, so there's this weird dichotomy going on with the brig. I'm not a mm -hmm. fan of it at all. I don't really know why it exists. I mean, I know why it exists because it's rare, and they try to do goofy stuff like that to make their games fun in some way. Um, but I'm not a fan of that at all. Mm -hmm. But maybe before we get more into kind of the nuts or the, the minutia of the game, we should talk about the basic gameplay loop. Well, luckily that won't take long. It won't, yeah. So essentially what happens is you join up with four people or two people, and the whole loop is you go to a merchant in the outpost, you buy missions from the merchant with gold, um, and then you take them back to the ship. There's a table on the ship where you suggest a mission, and they're called voyages. Mm -hmm. um, you, once you suggest a mission, the mission appears on the table, and then the other players in your crew vote by throwing their knife into whichever scroll they want to to uh, complete. Once that's done, you actually start your mission, and then you get a map essentially, like a. Mm -hmm. a they shows you a little piece of land on the yeah. map. Usually, it's a map. A couple things I got were like everybody got a different piece of a poem. Yeah. Where you had to like that put happens your, later. Usually, you had though. to put your like stuff your your poem together to figure out where on the island like the the hint leads you to and stuff like. But normally, what you do. Is I you thought it was funny that like you, so you have the map and you can hold. You, if you have it in your hand, you can hold R trigger to look at the map, or you can hold L trigger to show everyone else the map. Yeah. Which I think it was fun. And like so, usually there'd be like. It took me a while to figure out how to yeah. look at the well, map. Because then like you have to find <laughs> the island on the little map table, which like and usually like someone will stand behind the map table and hold the the map up yeah. so people can look and like look look at the map. Because that's what you do. You take your map that has the little piece of land on it. And then you have to look at this massive map and try to find the piece of land that matches the piece on the little map that you have. Mm -hmm. And then you figure out where it is, and then you set your course. There's no waypoints. You can't put a waypoint down on that map, and then you go up topside, and there's like a, a waypoint mm -hmm. showing you which way to sail. Yeah, like you can mark where you want to go on the map, but it doesn't seem to have any effect. It doesn't create any waypoints. Above board. So it yeah. sounds like if, uh, effectively. So eventually I did end up in a group with like two people that, had voice chat and knew what they were doing. One of the guys had clearly been in the alpha and like had been playing it forever. And he was teaching the other guy what to do. And there was a third guy with him with no mic who was just sort of around and like, you know, seemed, seemed content to be told what to do and run around. So I was kind of running around with them and they helped a little bit. One of the things I didn't understand at first was where do I get a weapon? Yeah. And they're like, press Y. You already have it. And like, you, ha you already have three weapons. You have to press Y. And like, I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, at first and, you only uh, have two, right? You have the gun had, and the sword. Well, I had a gun, I had a sword. You have to buy the Bunder Bluss. I had all three. I had a sword, and I had a pistol, and I had a sniper rifle. Now, I may have picked that sniper rifle up at some point. No, you're point. right. You do have a sniper rifle when you start. Um, you're absolutely right. It's all cracked, and yeah. it kind of sucks. But like, um, so they kind of told me what was going on, although it was another one of those things, it was like, you know, co-op mission-based games tend to have that thing where like, you're, if you're with people that know what you're, they're doing, they they just want to run and get it done, and you're trying to figure out how it I works, know. and there's no yeah. there's no way you're constantly you just get playing catch up. Yeah. And uh, and they were nice about it, but it was just like it was. But you're trying to learn how to play because what happens? Yeah. So what happens is after you figure out where you need to go, you go there. Yeah. So and then they the had map a, changes. It'll yeah, so, show act, they'll show little red X's on the map showing you where the treasure mm. is. So he had a, so they had a thing where like one guy would stay down on the ma at the map table, and the other guy would steer the ship. 
And so, like, if the guy steering the ship didn't know where to go, the map table guy would give. You can see the the your southeast, ship yeah. on it, and like oh, turn southeast. You know, so, so like, navigator is an actual thing in yeah. this game, which is cool. But it's like, you know, it's one of those things like like you're gonna need to have some have some copacetic people to make this work. And I will say, most of the people I played with were awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I really didn't have to play with a lot of griefers who just would take the boat and crash it into an island or whatever. Um, but to your point, so once you get to the island, you look at your map, there's red X's on your map, and it shows you where you need to go to dig up chests. And that can take a while mm-hmm. to find. Some of the islands that are bigger, it can take a while to find the chests. Then you dig them up, you have to carry them back to the ship, take them into the ship, you put them down below, and then you can keep going and keep collecting chests, or you can go back to the outpost and then sell that chest for gold. Mm-hmm. And that is the basic gameplay yeah. loop. Which is really weird because... Yeah, you sell the chests. Like, the yeah. chests are of different value, kind of, like, rarity or whatever. And you sell them to a guy at the outpost. You never open a treasure chest in the pirate game. No. Not that I saw. Like, no. you never see what's in them. You and just you get, get money treasure. for them. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about loot Very boxes weird. and everything. <laughs> Isn't this the perfect game for a loot chest? I mean, yeah. you would think. But no, you just take them up to a guy and it disappears and then he gives you gold for it. Um, and that's really the game. Yeah. There's outside, a lot of... of like sometimes you'll see things pop up. Uh, the the one guy who'd been playing forever sailed us into the reds the red part of the yeah. sea where it's like all red and like uh-huh. you can see like tentacles sometimes. Like, you know, apparently they found krakens in the in, in the data, data mining, mining or whatever. Yeah. You can hear um, the kraken though if you play it. You can constantly hear a monster growling through the mm-hmm. whole game. No matter where you are, you'll hear this like roar. Yeah, and there's things about it that I thought was like it felt like rare in the sense that like. Yeah, there's so much music in it, and, like, you play the music on the various things, and there's a lot of dancing. But the thing is, um, the the creaking of the timbers on the ship <laughs> is musical. Like, I, it, yeah. it, it, it creaks to the music uh-huh. as well. Like, there's, yeah, there's no googly, li- googly eyes on anything there, style. But, <laughs> yeah. like, otherwise, it's, it, it, there's, like, a lot of Banjo-Kazooie, uh, like, sensibility to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels like a rare game. I'll yeah. say that much. Um, but I just feel like... I, after playing for like four hours, I was like, oh, get, get, get chests, run back, sell things, buy new stuff, go back, get another quest. Rinse or and that. repeat. Like, it, yeah. it felt like less than the sum of its parts to me. Well, the, I think the problem is there aren't enough parts to add up. Yeah. The, my big issue with the game overall, based upon what I played, is there just isn't enough content. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there are like two mission types. Like, in the mission types were only changed by the type of maps you get. Sometimes you get a map that tells you exactly where the treasure is. Sometimes you get a map that gives you a clue and says, go to the snake rock and then pull out the map. And then it'll show you Mm -hmm. the next place to go to. But that's pretty much it. And the PvP on the seas, it it hardly ever happens. Like, I played the game for... People always ran away from us. That happens a lot. Like, I played for four days hard. I spent a lot of time playing this game. And there was one night I played for four hours and had one interaction with another ship. Mm -hmm. One. Like, when I was going through putting together B-roll for the show, and I was working on the play view for this, like, I hardly had any conflicts with other ships. And obviously, that's what people want to see. Across all those days, I had only managed to record, like, six interactions with other ships. Like, I I bet that won't be as big a problem when it, like, releases. I mean, I'm sure it'll be full of... I don't know if, like, the servers were only half full. There's no way to know. It's a closed beta. I mean, people, people, you know, play at different times or don't get around putting the code in or whatever, you know... Like, I don't expect a closed beta to really have a huge population, especially because especially I was playing, like, like Wednesday or something. It was early. It wasn't weekend. Yeah. Um, 
But, but you know, it was like I enjoyed a lot of the little pieces of it. I like kind of the how the sale thing works and how you have to, you can like I don't know if some angle them to catch you, them. I don't know if right. anybody showed you the uh, like the <clears throat> basically the drift turn. Yeah, where, where they like, throw the anchor. You drop the anchor around, and basically yeah. like do an instant like one eighty. Oh, I, I learned. Believe me, I milked this beta dry. I played it for a really long time and played it with with like you with some players who had been playing it in the alpha and mm. were really good at it and that helps a lot. But the the problem is there's just not enough to do. Yeah. Well, and also like there's little things where like I just didn't expect like. So like I guess I didn't expect that like the one health item is bananas. Yeah. And that's it. Like I was like, oh, you can find different fruit. No, you just find bananas. And then like I accidentally, f I was up in the crow's nest and I accidentally stepped off and fell and like you lose like half your life and then you like limp around because you broke your leg. Yeah. And like I'm like, oh, what do I have to do for this? They're like, eat bananas. Bananas cure a broken leg. So I eat two bananas and you're fine. And it's just like. It feel like there's moments where it feels like this really intricate kind of like oh look at all the cool pirate stuff you can do, but then like when you get down to kind of the base gameplay, it's like wow this is like brain dead simple. Yeah, there's lots of downtime in the game because once you figure out which direction you're going, you got to sail there, mm. and uh, which you is can... why you have so much music you can play and dancing and all this. Stuff. That's all you have to like, do. Yeah, you can else play you can music do. and there's nothing else. Like there should be a card game you can sit down and play with other people. There's a ton of things they could do with the ship, and maybe they add that stuff later. Yeah, I mean, well, it's that's really possible. I get, I kept getting like a, like a No Man's Sky feel from this. Not in the sense that it's like a an incomplete game that doesn't do what what they said it would do, but in the sense that like I bet a year from release this game's going to be awesome. I don't know about awesome, man. I have, I mean, my other big issue with it is the combat is pretty much abysmal. Yeah, well, I I I only got in fights a few times against skeletons on islands, and I got killed pretty much instantly every time. In part because I I feel like there's no feedback nope. on the combat. Sword play like, is terrible. Yeah. The gunplay is terrible. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do in the amount of time they yeah. have to fix any of that. And that shows there, like like the quest. It's all just one giant grind. Yeah, like it's all it is. You're it just is, grinding yeah. your reputation with this one you guy. You get your, you level up, but it yeah. doesn't really. Do anything. It just get, lets you get, like, longer quests. Now, eventually... Like, 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 you get, like, a fancy gold shovel if you yeah. want to spend the money. Well, but, yeah, it, you, but it doesn't do anything. It just, like... It doesn't dig any better than any other shovel. Which is... I mean, that's right. I mean, you don't want people to have better abilities based upon spending real money mm -hmm. on the game or anything like that. But it's just... After a couple days of playing this, I, I was like, is this it? And yeah. I, there were moments where this game does feel kind of like... A transcendent game, like something you've never played before. Mm. There are moments of that. The it just... water really is that pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally spent ten minutes at one point just recording water. And I think this is one of the clips that I that I recorded when I did that. But yeah, the water is absolutely like gobsmacking. It's really, really just mind blowing how good it looks. Like the white caps are what really sell it, and the water hitting the boat, and it splashes up on the side of the boat like all that stuff is amazing it is a gorgeous game don't get me wrong for an mmo it's really really impressive and the art style i'm okay with um art style more or less works like yeah i spent a while trying to figure out like you know because there was no character customization in the beta and i got stuck with this weird ugly like yeah you could just buy clothes that was it yeah yeah my uh, character was not a looker either <laughs> no I, I didn't really run into a lot of lookers in this game it was just the, the, the art style doesn't lend itself to anything other than sort of cartoony Popeye caricatures. Yeah. I mean, I had fun with it for a couple days. By day three, I had started to burn out on it. I kept playing it because I felt like I needed to make sure uh, that there was nothing else that I was mm -hmm. missing. 
And what, I played with one guy one night who was just like the master of the game. And once I played with him for like three hours, I was like, okay, I've got, I've got everything out of this. Um, the ship stuff, like, you can load cannons, you can handle the sails. That's you pretty got, much it. You or you can steer. You gotta repair it. If something happens, yeah. So if you hit something, it'll start leaking. You have to go down with buckets and bail it out. Or and then you, there are planks that you have to use to board up the holes. Or if you're going full speed and you just drop anchor, that can damage the ship. Well, sometimes what you're doing is you're hitting the bottom because some people mm -hmm. drive the boat way too close to the shore. Yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, and like it, it almost became like a standard thing in a couple of games I was in where it was like land, repair, oh, the land, boat. go go down and bail out. You know, it was like, it's just like that's how they that's how they roll. So, how do you feel about this, Matt? Are you more excited or less excited than before you got to spend time with it? I mean, I'm kind of same excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, just... I feel the same way. Yeah. I, uh, there's things I don't like about it that I was disappointed in, but there are parts of it that maybe were better than I thought they were going to be. Mm -hmm. And again, it is a beta, and so I don't want to pass judgment on the game based upon a beta, but I am hoping that there is a lot more content in the Yeah, I'm also game. kind of just hoping there's a lot more structure. Like, because you can choose to play as, like, a solo, and it's harder because you have to do everything yourself. But yeah. you do get a tiny little, like, a little dingy, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. You know, like, I like wandering around the islands and poking around and stuff and finding things and, like... There's a lot of cut and paste in the game, though. Yeah, but it's, like, you know... Like, as far as the visuals are concerned. Like, I could, I could get behind, like, kind of, you know, getting on a ship and getting on my own little boat and just sort of, like, exploring and sailing around. But, like... There is a lot of downtime, and without other players to kind of occupy you, it's it's like there's so like half the the, it's the you know the, the standard inventory seems dedicated to little items and tools that are just there to like kill time. Pretty much, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you've got you can drink and dance and play instruments and throw up and like. That's pretty much it. Basically, it. you're standing around like having a party, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like it's weird to me. It's like well, I mean, like how else do you do it really? But it's just there's not a lot happening. You have the telescope, to scope out. Telescope, ships, look around. Yeah. You have a compass to see where you're going if you want, yeah. I guess. Uh, and there's some things that, you know we found a couple like shipwrecks like sticking up and like they, we'd stop the boat and, and jump down and swim around and try to find stuff and like sharks would show up. And was, but I mean you can see in this cool, footage right like, here what it's like. I yeah, mean this I'm is just it. on a boat, it's floating along. You run back and forth on the boat. You you use your mm -hmm. telescope to see if there are other rival ships out there. Well, even when you're then you picking, decide if you want to attack them or run away. Like even when you're picking stuff up, so like you saw like the inventory wheel there. Like early on, I was picking stuff up. I was like, oh, is there this? I got. I'll probably have to balance my inventory. Like no, it's like one slot's for bananas, one slot's for cannonballs, one slot's for wooden planks, and you can carry a certain amount of each, and that's it. Yeah. Like there's no not a lot of resources in the game. No, yeah. bananas, there's not much happening. Cannonballs, there. And you can planks. take them and store them in in these. Like you you know you find them on the island, and you go and you store them in the barrels on the ship, so everybody can have access to them. That's kind of how the supply and demand works in the game. Um, the most fun you have with the game, honestly, is attacking another ship and trying to take their booty. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the, the answer here is, like, do you have three friends that you're going to be able to play with, like, regularly and in a dedicated way with? The propensity That's, for griefing in this game is huge. Yeah, that is the huge. key. Like, you're pro if you have a group, if you have a group, if you're a group of four friends who play online games together all the time, like, you probably have a really good time with this. If you need to find those people, you, you might feel a little like, like you're being gated from a lot of the content. Because the problem is, is that you can really get invested in parts of this game. So say you've been crewed up with these three guys that you don't know, but they all know each other. Um, or maybe there's one guy on your team. You're three, and there's just this one guy. Well, that guy, after you've loaded up your ship with like six or seven chests, 
can just drive the boat into mm-hmm. anything. You can't get him off the wheel. He can drive it into a rock and it sinks. There's all kinds of ways to grief people. I mean, and he could be the first one to respawn, get at the wheel again and crash it again and basically wear you down until you quit and stop respawning and then he takes all the chests. Like, there's all kinds of things that mm-hmm. somebody can do. Which doesn't make any sense because everybody gets the same money Gold. for selling the chest. Whether you, yeah, whether you find the chest... Whether you return the chest, everybody gets the same gold when he's on the cruise. Even if you get left behind on the island, like, you'll still see the gold pop up when they sell it. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, because uh, that happened to me once, uh, because I fell off the boat when they were starting it up. Yeah. And I fell off and I couldn't catch them, so I just sort of wandered around the island and killed sharks. Yeah. But you have to stay alive to get that gold. Right. Because if you quit, I don't know if you quit the game if you still get it, to be honest with you. No, you have to be alive until they sell it to the guy. Right, yeah. that's what I thought. So, I don't know. Um, I played it a ton. I still don't have a clear opinion on it, and that's good. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot more time before it comes out, and hopefully Rare really held back on the content here. I do like the idea of cooperative play in the game, where people get together and you have this whole fleet of ships going after some mm-hmm. huge, giant sea creature... Like, there, there is an opportunity for this game to be really, really oh, yeah. cool. The other thing is, like, I feel like, I feel like maybe it should be six people on maybe. a crew. Like, but then there like would really be nothing to right, do. Right, <laughs> but it also feels like there's a lot... When, when, when the shit gets real, it feels like there's a lot of stuff for everybody to have to do. And there were, you know, there was, like, the one fight we were in, like, we got hit low, and everybody started bailing stuff out. There was no one around, basically, to keep shooting. Fire the cannons, you know? like, yeah. It feels like you need more than four people if you want to if you want to steer and keep the sails going and keep the repairs going and still be firing. That's where the captain comes in, though. I mean, yeah. the captain is supposed to be the one that says, "Okay, you two go down and bail. You stay on the cannons. I'm going to swing left, so get on the cannons on the right." Yeah. Like, well, that's why again, this game's going to live or die based on your absolutely. group, based on whether absolutely. you've got a group of people that are worth playing with. Basically, yep. that's for sure. So there you go. See if these, based upon the closed beta that we both played here over the last week. I had fun, but I have a lot of concerns. And I think Matt would probably agree with that. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that Game Pass thing is looking more and more like the way to play this one. Nice segue to our next topic. So that's what we're going to talk about next. So I think this is the biggest story that's happened since we did Game Face 114. I reread this twice. I know. Because I'm like, that can't be right. (laughs) That can't be what this is. So your your mom and your daddy have probably told you before, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably isn't. This is a case where something sounds too good to be true, and it actually is true. Uh, so for those of you who may not know, it was announced about a week ago that Xbox Game Pass, which is basically a subscription service uh, for Microsoft's games, is going to start including games day and date when they release. So any Xbox first-party game, uh, which actually there's really no such thing anymore because every game's on PC yeah. now too, but any Microsoft-developed game, when it comes out, You will be able to play that on that same day as as somebody who went out and bought the game brand new on Xbox Game Pass. And Xbox Game Pass per month is $10 a month. (laughs) I've struggled, like you. Microsoft is basically being like, retail channels, screw y'all. Well, it's also like, we're so damn desperate. Yeah. Like, we'll do whatever we have to do to kind of keep our head above water here. Like, I... I cannot understand how this would ever work out well financially for Microsoft. And look, I get it. Microsoft is trying to turn into a services company. Mm -hmm. And you're even seeing that with Apple right now. Like, Apple put out their financials yesterday. 
their phone sales were down, but their services money were way, way, was way, way up. And that's what you're seeing from a lot of companies now. They're turning into digital services. They're, not, they're moving away from hardware and software sales, and they just want you to get hooked into their service, put your credit card in there so it auto-renews every month, and be done with it. I just don't see how passing up on millions of games sold at $60 a piece, you can make up for that with $10 a month. I just, it's yeah. mind-boggling to me. If they're going for an economy of scale and not having to produce like physical copies of them, maybe. Like, it's a weird move. I mean, it's certainly very consumer-friendly, which is unusual for Microsoft. Yeah. So friendly that it's like, that's what the too good to be true part is. It's like really like I can just pay ten bucks a month and I get to, I get to play Crackdown three and I get to play Sea of Thieves and like if I don't like it, like, I, don't, I don't even lose anything. Halo six, Gears of War five, all those games. You're gonna be able to pay ten. How many? I think the problem is how many games. There will be can months you not where, finish in a month. Right. Well, also like there will be months where nothing comes out. Right. That you want. You, know, you just like, cancel your service and join back up whenever. Yeah. Or, like want. most people will, they'll just forget about it and save whatever, 10 bucks a month. So, in the end, like, so you're charging somebody 10 bucks a month, you're getting basically two games worth of, of full price money out of people. Um, I mean, ha Matt, how many games are you still playing a month after they're released? Not many. Not, like, what percentage would you put that at of how many of games that you buy are you still playing 30 days later? Like, probably under 10%. Yeah. So I just don't understand how these numbers work out for Microsoft. I, I, I mean, it, I mean, if you really think back, it shouldn't be that big of a shocker because this is kind of was my kind of Microsoft's plan when it yeah. first announced the Xbox One. Like the the draconian like DRM thing was sort of tied into something similar to yep. this. And so, and as you alluded to earlier, retailers, some of them are like flipping out. Like, there's a retailer in Austria who refuses to sell Microsoft's first-party games now. But how does that hurt Microsoft? Does Microsoft even care if its first-party games sell now? No. And does that really hurt the retailer? Because, like, how much, how many sales come from Microsoft stuff? First-party stuff, yeah. I've actually been thinking about going around to some of the small retailers here in L.A. and mm. talking to them about this. Right, because they're the one, the that's where more, most of the complaints have seemed to have come from, is like small retailers. It's not from Best Buy, it's yeah, the it's, Ma and Pa It's smaller stores. stores that are like, we can't compete with that. Like, there's, yeah. no, you know, there's no way. Especially because those stores tend to be the places people who don't want to spend, like, you know, full price go to. Yeah. Um, it's real, it's, it's like, I don't even have a theory on how this is going to play out. Like, it's, it's such a weird financial move, but it's like, it's so, like, there's no downside to, for the consumer getting involved. Oh, it's in great it, for consumers. Know? I mean, it's amazing for consumers. That's why it's hard to believe it's real. Right. So, if, so I guess it'll, it'll probably work, you know, in terms of getting people in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like... But you're only getting $10 instead of 60 from each one of those people. Yeah, but I guess, it, like I said, it's the economy of scale. It's like, how many of those people would have paid $60? And so you're thinking maybe more, so maybe more thinking, people yeah. will pay the 10 Instead yeah. of the sixty, right? So like, because you know, I think that's what that's the the angle. You know, it's like it's kind of that whole thing where it's like you don't. It's hard to compare people who would pay full price traditional for. It's it's like the thing where they said you know what like eleven million people watched Bright, that Netflix original movie, 
uh, in the first week or something. And it's like, well, if you equate that to like if people paying you know a ticket price, that's like almost Thor Ragnarok opening weekend. It's like, right. yeah, but how many of those people would have actually gone out, paid fifteen dollars at the theater, left their house, gone to a theater to see that movie, as opposed to sort of like, oh, this is here. I'm in my living room. I'll see what it is. The crazy like, thing is that it's kind of like the piracy argument. So mm. a lot of people, when they say when they they defend piracy, they say. Well, you didn't really lose $60 because I pirated this mm. game because I never would have bought it in the first place. Right. So Which in this is case, kind of a... It's, that's disingenuous, obviously, right. but it's like, it's like, well, at least you get 10 bucks out of them. Yeah. You know? Like, it, <laughs> if for lack of a better comparison, it's like... It, it's, it's really crazy. And, you know, maybe it will work, maybe it won't, but it's like... How do you go back then if it doesn't work? Like, can you ever know. go back from that? Not unless you launch a new system, probably. Yeah. Like... It's crazy. I mean, I, look, I commend Microsoft. This is great for consumers. Absolutely amazing mm -hmm. for consumers. Um, but certainly makes uh, PlayStation Plus less of a value in comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Brave. Yeah. Although this is disruptive. This is on top of gold. Right. So. Yeah. But gold's... Yeah, I mean, Microsoft just seems like really interested, more interested in tying you to their ecosystem than getting like you know retail sales out of you it's, it's it, you know and windows kind of works like that too now well the other thing too to keep in mind is so it, it the industry is already kind of shifting to a place where people typically only buy games that they will play longer than 30 days mm -hmm. uh, games as a service games with multiplayer xbox game game pass is a streaming service it's not like yeah. you're actually getting the game right so if you're serious about multiplayer, chances are this probably isn't going to be your thing. Mm -hmm. I just it, I do think it's like this is sort of the the other end of the spectrum of loot boxes. Or wait, do you download games on Xbox Game Pass or is it streaming? You'd have to download it. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, I don't think it is streaming. Right. No, but it's a streaming service model. Right. Is what I mean, it's essentially is what it is. So it's, Netflix. It's Netflix, yeah. but like. It feels like the opposite of the loot box tactic. It's like, you want to find a way to keep people engaged in your thing and giving you money regularly. And this is like the most pro-consumer way of trying to attempt that, and like loot boxes are the most anti-consumer yeah. way of attempting that. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see what... The loot box thing really works um, for, the, for the companies. Like, clearly they're making oh, yeah. tons of money doing that. Mm -hmm. um, or they wouldn't keep doing it. Even though you're now, I mean, they're to... bringing back the loot boxes in Battlefront too. Right. After yeah. all, the, all of that. Even though you're they now they know into that like... they're going to wait, make so much money off those loot boxes. They're like, the people who are going to complain mm -hmm. about us bringing them back, whatever. And even though you're now running into like, you know, the, the world of psychology is actually starting to weigh in on the loot box thing. Yeah. Uh, very, very long article about that this past week I read, which was interesting because the, the psychiatrist actually did say, like. The, the 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 disorder for being addicted to this kind of thing is not the same as gambling disorder, but they're 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 similar. They're related. They're similar to the point that it's kind of a semantic difference. Right. So that they say gaming gaming addiction is not gambling disorder, but the main difference kind of they drew there is that casinos admit that gambling addiction is a thing. Well, they kind of have to, don't they? Right, but they were forced to. But that's the right. thing is, like, game publishers do not admit that that's a thing. Right. So here you have Microsoft kind of, you know, even though Microsoft has done, you know, the card thing, you know, for many years now. But here's Microsoft doing this thing where it's like, this is a very pro-consumer way of getting me to pay an extra 10 bucks to you each month. Yeah. Um, 
Like, I kind of applaud them. I'm, not kind of, I do applaud them for this. Like, it's like, it's a much more positive approach to saying, trying to get me to spend more money on their platform. But will you ever buy an Xbox first party game again? At $60. Look, that's the question. It's like, so, like, is Sea of Thieves going to rotate out at some point? I don't think so. Like, or is it just, that's what I'm paying for, is, like, access to the first-party catalog and then whatever else kind of... I don't think Microsoft has ever taken first-party stuff off of Game Pass. Third-party stuff, I think, rotates in and out. Mm -hmm. But Microsoft has total control over its first-party stuff, so I don't think it's ever removed once it goes in there. Right. So, like, basically, there's no reason to buy Crackdown now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or Sea of Thieves, or... I mean, I guess if you have, like, a data cap? State of Decay 2, like... But even that doesn't matter, because you're still going to have to download all the stuff when you get the game, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that... I don't know how it works. And, I mean, it's perfect timing, because a lot of people have moved on from worrying about buying physical versions of games at this point. A lot of people are more than happy with just downloading games that they pay $60 for. Like, I, I don't know how this works out for Microsoft, unless no. it's just I... hoping that, that Xbox One goes from 30 million installed base to, like, 100 million installed right. base. I mean, I think you you... You know, the Xbox One began, you know, that was part of the problem, is they handed it to their non-gaming people early yep. on. Uh, I feel like Microsoft's ultimate goal here is to get Xboxes in homes. To get people ha- to, to own an Xbox. They don't care whether you buy Halo or Crackdown or any of that stuff. They want you to have... They want that Trojan horse of their OS or their what their platform, their walled garden in that living room. Well, they know you're going to eventually spend it to rent movies mm. and do all this other stuff with it because it has been designed from the beginning to be a media box. What console isn't at this point other than Switch? That's just kind of the way it is now. Yeah. So PlayStation 4, same way. Um, and so I think maybe their hope is once you get that box, it's such a good deal you can't pass up, so you're going to buy an Xbox. Once you buy that Xbox, it's going to become your media hub. And next thing you know, you're renting and buying movies on Xbox Live. Mm -hmm. You're giving them an extra $10 a month for Game Pass. I still don't see how those numbers work out. But I'm sure, look, Microsoft's smart. It it has a lot of really smart people working there with a whole lot of spreadsheets and a lot of calculators. And I'm sure that they wouldn't have done this unless they have done the math and figured out it would be beneficial on the whole. If they're counting on, like, you know, if if they think this service will bring in seven people... For every one full price sale they lose, that's ten bucks more than they would have made, and they don't have to pay any overhead on it. They don't, Do you, you think know. that that's the case? Do you think it'll pull in seven for one? I don't know. I don't either. That's dicey. I think. I mean, the question kind of comes up when you hit the ha- next Halo game, doesn't it? Like it's like, I don't think Sea of Thieves and Crackdown Three are draws to the general audience enough for us to gauge yet. No, you know? you're right. It'll be a Halo or a Gears or something if like. Someone that. Someone finds out it's like, oh, if you spend ten bucks this month. You get Halo 6. Like, done. And there's no downside. It's like, if you, don't, if you're, if you really enjoy it and you're still consumer, playing it... not at all, huh? You're still playing it, like, you know, I love it. I mean, I just... Do they, the, they charge per calendar month? Is that how that works? Or is it per month after you sign up? Is it... Uh, I think it's on a rolling renewal. So whenever you sign up, you get 30 days. It's okay. kind of, I think it operates just like Netflix. All right. But Netflix is first of the month, isn't it? Yeah, around there. But, like... What I'm saying is, like, uh, you know, if the, it, it depends. Like, if, if they are charging you, you know, if you sign up on the 26th, do they charge you for that month? Yeah, I assume they they charge it a month. Well, I think later. they have a two week free trial okay. for Game Pass. No matter. I'm like, that'd be kind of dirty if, like, uh, like then they just start releasing all their games on like the 30th. Right. <laughs> so, like, you get it for one day for ten bucks, and you gotta give them another ten bucks. Yeah, right? you're not sleeping on the last day of the month, like ever. <laughs> But what I love maybe most about this is the precedent that it sets. Because 
What would kind of be a disaster for Microsoft if is if Sony just says, okay, we're doing this too. Mm. I don't think Sony's going to do I that. I don't either. I don't either. Because Sony's not, Sony's still interested in the sales. Sony still is a, is a, you know, sell the product, sell the, sell the razor to sell the blades kind of thing, model. And like Microsoft just wants that box in the your services house. services company. Yeah. yeah. They want that box in your house. They want that to be the thing you turn on when you watch a movie. They want it to be the thing that you turn on when you rent a movie. They want that to be... And there were, I mean, look, the Xbox, you know, I have the Xbox One X hooked up to the 4K TV, and it is by far oh, the yeah. best-looking media-playing item I have. You know, oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like, I'm going to wa- watch my Blu-rays and my 4K stuff through there. I'm going to, you know, if I was going to stream something, I would probably use that outside of the stuff that's built into the TV. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did a good job, if you're willing to spend the money for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can see that becoming sort of the default, like, this is what we watch our stuff through for a lot of people, and, like, that's what they want. They, they, they don't want you to even have to think about it. They're like, I'm going to, well, we're going to rent that new movie that just came out digitally, we're going to turn the Xbox on. Well, I mean, the first sort of hint at that was Connect, with right. sending your cable box through the Xbox One, mm-hmm. turning it on with voice commands, turning it off with voice commands, which I admittedly really liked when Xbox One first launched. Um, I have not hooked that stuff mm-hmm. back up once my Xbox broke, and I unplugged it and rewired everything the way it was. I've not gone back and rewired it again to use Connect no, to turn I, everything on and off. My Connect is in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, I like, still have actually have it like set up or whatever, but I don't have I mainly remember cable the cable box. But the, you're right. That's what Microsoft has wanted to do. They want mm-hmm. your Xbox to be that one thing that does everything. It's like you did a, sw- have to a switch co- blade. I do remember the first weekend uh, my, fr- I, my friend had the Xbox One hooked to, for NFL Sunday. Yeah. We had to come up with another word for the Xbox because when we were talking about it, it would, it would come pop off. the stuff up. <laughs> At one point, he missed a very important play during the Broncos game, and then like, and okay, no one can say Xbox anymore because it. But it, then he says not, that, and it's and it's like <laughs> Xbox. What? It's like no. It's funny. Yeah. So uh, again, I like the precedent that it sets. It would be awesome if Sony does follow suit. If this really does sort of turn around Microsoft's fortunes, and Sony's like, well, hey, like, the like tide's turning. Give, yeah, it's a war to give all the players, like, the most free stuff for the lowest amount of money. They can't get any better than that. No. <laughs> for consumers, anyway. So, kudos to Microsoft. I, I'm very happy that it's done this. It is obviously consumer-first policy. If it thinks the math is going to work out, that's even better. Yeah. You know, Battlefront 2, now on Xbox Live Game Pass. The loot boxes are now $30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there, I mean, look, there, there's other, there's a lot of other elements that I think are going to come into play for this new program on down the road that mm-hmm. we're just, we just don't know how it's going to work yet. Like they have to have a, a, a game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine what it is. I like, can't either. They, it's must, so awesome. they, they know some numbers we do not. That's yep, for sure. For sure. So thank you, Microsoft. That is awesome. This is the first good thing I've said about Microsoft in a really long time. Other I'm still than the waiting fact for the other shoe on the, it's yeah, just like, yeah. Like, what am I missing? Be, what's, what is, the what's the fine print no one's caught yet? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, look, Xbox One X is an awesome kit of hardware. I haven't bought it yet because it's too expensive. I'm waiting for it to come down. But, you know, obviously that's a great kit of hardware. And mm-hmm. so that was, and I wonder too if this has sort of been a one-two punch that Microsoft has been planning for a while with Xbox One X. Was that it knew, okay, we'll put out the console, then we'll announce the other thing a month later. Um, we'll see. Maybe it'll convince people to go and buy an Xbox One X, too, because they're saving so much money on software. Mm. We'll see. Instead of paying 60 bucks for that game you want, right. put it towards the Xbox One X. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see. It could work. I, think, I just think the, the, up, the, the upshot of it, of all this, is Microsoft wants that system in your house. Yep. Hell or high water. Yeah, for sure. And this might work to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, 
All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about something that happened yesterday. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so yesterday, Red Dead Redemption 2 was delayed. Mm -hmm. Much to my dismay, Matt. I, uh, <laughs> it's like well, the it's old show. Here. It's like, not yet. <laughs> no, well, they gave an actual day, and Rockstar usually nails the day. I don't know. It is right it's just next my to Call luck. Duty, It's though. just my luck, dude. It's just, uh, it's like that old show He Haul. Did you ever watch that back in like the 70s? Yeah. When they did that whole doom, despair, and agony <laughs> on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's, that's pretty much me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so now it's buttoned up in Q4, like late October right yeah, now. Right up against Call of Duty. Yeah, like a week and a half before Call yeah. of Duty typically releases. Now, if anyone can handle that, it's Rockstar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't worry about sales-wise. No. Like, who, that, Rockstar doesn't care. But like, Rockstar is not afraid of putting its first, game against any other game. Right, but this is the first time we've got an actual day and date. And they usually Rockstar said, makes their... Once they give an actual day, they usually make that. Yeah, I'm still a little bit nervous. I mean, yeah, my, my might, first pick in the draft, again, could just be awful. An error. An, another error, yeah. It's like... I don't know what I have to do. It's like whatever game I'm going to pick is just going to get delayed. I still feel pretty pretty confident saying Red Dead 2 will be this year. Yeah. Do you think it has uh, it'll have any bearing on this the success of Red Dead 2 at all? No. I think I think Red Dead and is probably pretty bulletproof. Not a lot of lap enough. over between Call of Duty and Also I don't think there's a lot of people that like are going to pick between those. You know, like I think That's what I'm saying. There's no overlap. Yeah. Like I think people are, you're either, you're either only interested in one, or you're going to get both. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anybody, well, I think, I think most people would probably choose Red Dead over Call of Duty, though. Even casual folks who buy Call of Duty every year. I mean, there's so much hype behind Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, but I think a lot of people that make Call of Duty that success every year are not the people who even know Red Dead 2 exists yet. Possibly. Like, those, a huge chunk of the Call of Duty audience just plays Call of Duty every year. All year. They don't care. <laughs> Every year? All year. year. That's all they got. That's all they do. Why do you think it was delayed? Multiplayer? Probably some multiplayer stuff and just like Rockstar's perfectionism. You know, they gotta get something... They, they like everything to work right. You know, crazy people. Working yeah. right at launch day. Who knew? I did a poll on my uh, Twitter feed yesterday asking people if they really thought it was coming out this year. Mm. If it was gonna make it out this year and... The 73% said yes, they think it's really yeah, going to make, make it this year. I, I, If I had a bet, I would bet it's making it. It's not to say it can't slip to the Q1, because you know, it'll be out this fiscal year, one yeah. way or the other. But It does kind of leave a little bit of a hole in the middle of the year. That was kind of a game that yeah. is going to sustain momentum for a, the industry not, at large over that period. It's not a period. thrilling release schedule for this year right now. It's really not. And some stuff could end up slipping out, like Anthem. EA finally admitted yesterday that Anthem at most definitely is coming out in 2019. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we played on the safe side in our draft and everything, but they confirmed yesterday it is 2019. Um, so other stuff could slip out of this year as well. I, I wonder, like, I mean, Anthem is Anthem is a big question mark. I mean, I think there were a couple of articles about that, but it's like, it's, this is it for Bio. It's like, if this thing doesn't hit Destiny style, like, you got to start worrying about Bioware. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. In just a span of like, at which years. point EA will be what? Need for Speed games, The Sims, and sports. sports. Yeah, and Battlefront, and Battlefront. Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars things as they slowly, painfully, torturously <laughs> squeeze Star Wars games out. For yeah. some, it's like Star Wars games shouldn't be that hard. 
Like, they shouldn't be that... Di- I mean, Lucas, LucasArts back in the day made every kind of imaginable form of Star Wars game, and they were all at least decent yeah. to pretty good. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. like, this shouldn't be the hardest thing to do in the world. Like, I, I don't get it. I think standards maybe change over time. I think people understand the gaming space a lot more than they used to. Used to be license holders like that. They'd be like, "We don't know what you're doing over there." Somewhat. Now everybody understands games. Somewhat, but are you telling me you did, if you just made X-wing again, like yeah. people wouldn't freak? Like, yeah, come on. You know what? The one of the worst things I read a uh, it was a I think it was on Polygon. I think it was a Polygon. It was like a thing about like how what happened with Lair, like what happened to Factor Five. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. And it was like, and they got and Eggbreak, the the the, the head of Factor Five, talked about how like when Xbox 360 was in like, gonna launch, like. They were talking about. They were basically saying like, "We'll, we'll make X-wing versus Tie Fighter with our tech for the Xbox 360 because they were pushing multiplayer so hard." And Microsoft was awesome, and LucasArts just stopped paying them. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> because the new guy took over like 2002 right. or whatever, and like they just sort of shut down. You know, LucasArts games just sort of disappeared for like six years. Yeah. And I'm like. I hate the, the, this man. I don't remember his name, but I hate this man. I think I even put in the in the in the comments on Sifted. I'm like, fuck you. Like, for, like, like they had an X-wing versus Tie Fighter thing happening, and like you just shut I me. Mean, really? Yeah. Really? Really? Um, dude, just do that again. Just do it again. Like, just make that. Like, stop overthinking it, EA. Like, just make. Make the games we liked from the old LucasArts again better. It, it doesn't even look like it's going to be a Star Wars game at all this year. No, I don't, I don't think so. At all. Because they just announced for response games coming out next year, 2019. Mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder what's going to happen with Battlefront. More content? I don't know. It's a long time for DLC. I mean, look, the thing about the Battlefront model is you can put anything from all the movies in that yeah, yeah. over and over. You, know, you can do that as long as you want. Or you can just you can start going, in there already. You can start going crazy, and you can start putting you know you know expanded universe play. I mean, expanding not old expanded, but you can like recanonize some stuff. I mean, I they may know. have to do that. I mean, there is so much content in Battlefront Two already. I mean, delve into the prequels. Have tons of planets that aren't in that game yet. Just go do that. Who Problem cares? is, everybody hates the prequels. Yeah, I mean, people hate the prequels, but I don't think they hate like the the design of a lot of the worlds. You know, like. You can make some cool maps out of something like Geonosis or Felucia or, you know, uh, Clone, the Clone Wars cartoon series went to a lot of cool places. Like, you can, you can play with it. Like, yeah. you know, make, if, you, if you make a cool, fun map out of it, I don't care where it comes from. You know, like, as long as, you know, as, long as Lucasfilm approves it, you're good. So you can, you can milk that format for another year easy. But do I, does anybody care? Like, you've kind of poisoned I me. Mean, yeah, it sold 9 million copies. But like I said, I didn't think it was going to get over 10, remember? Yeah. And, like, which at the time, everyone was like, oh, that's crazy. Because, like, the first one sold 13 million. Well, they shot themselves in the foot, and it wasn't really as hype as The Force Awakens, where it was like, oh, my God, Star Wars is back. Right. Also, it's like, we already have Battlefront. Why do I need to buy Battlefront 2? I think it's, you know, that, that's a hard sell to casuals to some yeah, degree. Yeah, for sure. But, like... So no concerns, though, over Red Dead being delayed. You don't think that's a red flag or anything no. like that? I think, no it's just, I think it's just Rockstar making sure it's it's good. Yeah. You know, Rockstar doesn't release it till it's ready. It's just one of their... Last Red Dead was pretty buggy. Yeah, but that was a different situation where, like, Rockstar San Diego was sort of like... They fired them all immediately after they finished the game. And, like, the... You know, one of the reasons it was never a PC version of Red Dead 1 was apparently because, like... 
basically it was considered a miracle that the code even ran on PS3 and 360. Like, like no, and no one wanted to tear it apart and figure out how to make it work on another platform. So, like, if you're wondering why there's no remaster of Red Dead Redemption One, it's because no one wanted to touch this. I mean, it was it was a giant kludge together. I mean, mess the first and... game was bad. I mean, I saw crate. Some of the bugs were really funny, like. Mm-hmm. In... I'm borderline cool in some, oh, way, yeah, in some ways. Oh, yeah, like cougar women yeah, running yeah. around. And it's like, I, I mean, it's part of the fun. charm. <laughs> yeah, but like, but that game, like, from as far as everybody, you know, who worked on it said at the time, was like, yeah, we barely got this thing up and running. There was all these problems and all this, you know, no one, I, I, you know, I don't think anybody knows specifics necessarily. But now this is an in-house production and, you know, it's, it's not going to probably be as crazy. I would, I would be surprised if a PC version didn't show up next year. You know, it's, it's a more organized ship i think one can hope we, we will find out so we're gonna have to wait another mm. 10 months before we find yeah. out that, but... first, that first game was a minor miracle by yeah. all accounts yeah and i think people these games are so good people are willing to put up with more issues yeah. than they are with other games typically so. I, got, I did play the first one again a few months ago uh when they put it up on xbox one or you know the, the backwards thing we can get it digitally yeah. uh-huh. and like yeah that game still pretty much holds up yeah like, even visually like, well I mean, it's been patched out the yin yang well, obviously point. it's not like it's also not like you know it doesn't have the modern lighting tricks and all that stuff but it still looks really good it does yeah yeah you can smell the desert <laughs> the cow manure yeah pretty much I mean, <laughs> if you've been the places that that game is simulating like you'll get some flashbacks when you play it like it's yeah. so accurate i mean just like I mean, I think I said the same thing about GTA V, where it's like, like when you drive out to Santa Monica in that game, I can smell the beach. Yeah, you know you're you know? in Santa Monica. Like, yeah. Absolutely. So, have to wait a little while longer, it'll probably be worth it. Ultimately. I think so. I hope so. I mean, I'm cool with giving it more time to make it as polished as possible and as good as possible. Yeah. So. I mean, I wish we had stuff like a, like 2017's, you know, first half of the year lineup to keep us busy in the meantime. Yeah. But there's enough, you know, get it, make, it, make it right. We'll talk about a game in a little bit that may sustain folks for a while. Uh, But first, we're going to talk about news that broke late last night. And I mean late, like midnight, Pacific, 3 in the morning. I thought this was a joke at first. So, Kaz Haraya stepped down at Sony. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't know, look at that graphic. And you'll you'll realize who Kaz Haraya is. (laughs) He's Ridge Racer. Yeah. (laughs) That's what most people know him from, though. Yeah. I mean, he's... They may not know that he's been a part of PlayStation for decades. Yeah, but. They'll remember him from that press conference where he went, Ridge Racer, because it turned into a meme and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, and he's also, there's that fake Twitter account of, uh, right. you know, of, of him, like, just sort of like, it was very funny. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, was it April 1st is his last day, I guess? Yeah. Which is another thing. I'm like, really? April 1st? Yeah. Mm. Is this real? <laughs> Never do anything on April 1st that's important. Well, this is crazy, though. It is Andrew House announces what, month and a half ago that he was leaving Sony? He had been with Sony while they developed the original PlayStation. Mm. Cause has been at Sony even longer than that. Yeah, he's been there for like the 80s or something, I think. Yeah, I mean, do you think they're cleaning house there? No, I, I, I don't mean, know. Cause says that he it was his decision. He thought the guy underneath him deserved a I chance. Don't think to... I don't know if they're cleaning house, but it, it, it you know, the <laughs> no question <laughs> cleaning Andrew house. The question becomes of cleaning house, or is it rats leaving the ship? Right. Um, I mean, Sony is not the game segment of Sony has basically been keeping them alive for a long time at this point. They, they, the rest of their departments are not tremendously profitable. Well, they've cut a lot of products over mm-hmm. the last five years, and Cause did that. He went in and he's like, okay. 
Why are we producing all this other crap yep. that it has horrible profit margins and nobody's buying it anyway? And Sony Pictures is doing so bad that uh, Disney won't even buy them. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's funny how they kind of plucked what they wanted out of that deal, basically, and mm. cut them out. Well, that was Fox. They bought Fox. Right, right. I'm, I'm just saying, like, Disney could buy everyone, but they didn't even, they didn't even buy Sony. Yeah. Um, so it was, I don't think they ever seriously considered buying Sony. Although there was a, there's a point at which... Uh, there's a point, I and mean, people have been predicting like the various departments of Sony would split into their own companies for years. Yeah. And they didn't want to because the PlayStation division was keeping them in a the black for a long time, especially when their, their TV division was sinking under its own weight. Which it's starting to do a little better now. Mm hmm. But like, it, Sony, Sony struggles more than you might think as a, as a whole, holistically as a company. Right. And despite the fact that it's been the market leader this entire yeah. generation, uh, it's still, you know, PlayStation 4. This is supposed to be the heyday for the PS4. And what you're starting to see is you're starting to see Nintendo cut into that a little bit. Like, the, the Switch coming out here at the end of the PlayStation 4's kind of heyday, it could put a big dent in Sony. I mean, right now, Switch is just yeah, absolutely but I don't, I don't dominating. Think, but I don't think it matters, though. I think it, I think they've sold the PlayStation 4's they need to sell. Uh, I think the, the 60 or 70 million, I think they're at right yeah, now. That's fine. It I is, mean, but if you compare the, it to the PS2 and the PS1. Yeah, well, if you compare it to the to the uh, DS, no, nothing Nintendo ever makes is going to be good enough ever again. Yeah. Like, like, phenomenons are phenomenons. Like, you can't hold everything to that yardstick or you'll never get anywhere. Uh, the PS2 was a very special phenomenon in its time. It was it was a perfect time, perfectly timed, perfectly priced, perfectly libraried system that happened to be the dvd player everybody wanted that's really what and it was, um yeah. that's what got it out of the gate strong anyway. and like PlayStation 4, i mean they got tons of playstation 4s out there i think their bigger problem right now is that their exclusive stuff just doesn't sell big you know like, like a, a, a successful playstation exclusive at this point sells around a million copies it seems like unless you're like one, Some of the of big, one of the heavy hitters yeah unless you're one of the really big boys and like you know it feels like their Some stuff. Some of them have struggled to hit a million. I yeah, mean. well, it feels like their stuff should sell better than that by default because of you know it's kind of the Wii, it's kind of the Wii situation where it's like how the hell did Super Mario Galaxy only sell ten million copies right. in that first couple months with Super an Mario install base Odyssey's of one hundred ten like, million yeah. Wii's. Super like, Mario Odyssey's already at almost ten million sold. Yeah, well, see, Super Mario That's Odyssey. Crazy. Super Mario Odyssey is selling with an attach rate that you would expect from a great Mario game. Right. And Mario Galaxy did not. And you're like, well, what's the problem with the user base at that point? And I think Sony's in the same boat right now where it's like, well, if you've got 70 million PlayStation 4s out there, you should sell a million copies of anything halfway decent by default. Easily, yeah. What's, so what's going on? I don't know. And I wonder, too, if... So the guy who replaced Andrew House, he basically came from PSN. He's mm. a services guy. And so I'm wondering if behind the scenes at Sony... It's starting to do what Microsoft is doing and mm -hmm. Apple is doing and shifting from this packaged product company to a services company. It's possible. And they're starting to move people into leadership positions who come from that space instead of, and I hate to say it, like the old guys who are used mm -hmm. to selling packaged products and, makes you wonder what and are next... used to working on that Razor slash cartridge mm -hmm. business model. Makes you wonder what the, uh, the next system is shaping up to be. Because they're about at the right time to really start getting into the nitty-gritty of what their plan absolutely. for Absolutely. I think what we're going to end up seeing, ultimately, is that Microsoft's original plan for Xbox One was way ahead of its time. Uh, yeah, I said that at the time. And I think what created ire five, six years ago won't be met with that same venom 
in two or three years mm -hmm. because everyone is starting to get used to services and just subscribing to something and just having that amount mm -hmm. deducted i mean you're seeing it with even with like patreon and things like that people are used to subscribing to stuff and just giving a little bit every month instead of investing in these big these big chunks of money yeah um what i'm interested in like you know as these platforms move forward like how well the preservation works with things how well you get to keep your library because i noticed a thing because i updated my phone to os 11 and suddenly realized that I have two of my phones, like my current phone and my old phone that I, is a, no longer works as a phone. It's just basically an iPod now, I guess. Uh -huh. uh, they're both iOS 11 and neither of them can play a bunch of games I own because, you know, they're not updated anymore. There were licenses that aren't updated anymore. It's just like, you know, and I looked up, I saw this, this article when I was looking up, like, how do I get this to work? Um, and they're like, here's the top 10 or top 20 iOS games of 2010. All but three of them don't work anymore on a modern iPhone. Yeah, and it's like that's sort of the all digital nightmare, right? We're seeing that on Steam too. Like Activision's mm -hmm. games just randomly disappear off of Steam. Yeah, but at least because their license is yeah, but at least if I have those games, they still work, and I can still download oh, them and install absolutely. them. Yeah, like with this, I have these games downloaded and installed on my phone, and they will not launch because they are not compatible with iOS, oh, iOS 11. And yeah. it's like. It's lost the handshake between. The and it's. Game and I mean, like, those iOS. games are lost. Like, I spent yeah. money on those games and they're gone. I can't play them anymore. Like, that. And that's a problem. And I mean, does Game Pass work where you don't really, you don't really own the games? I right. Mean, you're basically just downloading them. And I'm assuming there's some kind of a handshake that goes on between the service and the download code mm -hmm. that allows it to work. And if you don't subscribe anymore, that game's just kind of gone. Right. Um, well, just like PlayStation Plus or something. It's like as long as you subscribe, it's free. If it, as long as you know, it's instant, you stop subscribing, you lose them all. You really lose all those PlayStation Plus games yeah. that you got for free? Yeah. Are you sure? 100% sure. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought once they're in your library, they're always nope. in your library. Xbox Gold, they stay in your library, I think. But uh, PlayStation Plus is only as long as you're a Plus subscriber. Even if you have it downloaded on your console? Yes, it won't It launch. won't play? Yeah. Wow, I wasn't aware of that. Huh. So you're right. We are getting into these murky waters of service versus ownership. And I think, honestly, like the, the tide is going towards the service thing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I still buy most of my games all physical, but I'm in the minority at this point. Like most people yeah. are more than happy to spend that 60 bucks and just download it and not have the hassle of going into a store. And yeah, I, do. I mean, I buy, and... I buy some physical stuff, but if, if something has a large online component, I buy the digital version because I don't want to put the disc in every time I want to play it. But what you're saying to me right now, though, just reinforces my propensity to buy stuff because if you have that disc, that disc is always going to go into a console and play. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, I have the disc version of Destiny 1, but it's useless. That, you know, 10 years from now, that disc is going to be le worth less than the material it's made out of because it doesn't work. It doesn't work? It's an online game. You can't sign in anymore. The servers are gone. Oh, oh got you, got you. Like, yeah. I'm saying, like, something like Monster Hunter World is useless to you because like, it's all online unless they do something that, like, you know... Which make, they won't. ...makes it offline before they, they shut everything they down, which they won't. never do that, yeah. You know, and, like, at the very least, you're talking about games like, you know... Yeah, I'd say Dark Souls, when they shut, shut the servers down, you lose a component of the game, you can still play the game, obviously. Yeah. But, like, you know, games like, what I'm talking about is, like, games like, uh, you know, like Monster Hunter World or Destiny, I don't see any reason to own a disc co copy of that, because when that game is no longer functional, it's not an offline game, I can't play it at all. Like, yeah. so, like, that's just something you kind of accept as you bought something temporal, you know, like an MMO. And a lot of people seem to be okay with it.
Yeah, like Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is going to go away one day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And it maybe, may not be even be maybe, that maybe sooner than we think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> That's the crazy part. And I think maybe maybe this whole switch towards the service yeah. is and in fact we have is looking we, out for the consumer in the way of well look if especially with the the new Game Pass policy maybe that's Microsoft's olive branch saying hey a lot of these games that you're buying now you're not going to be able to play them for forever so maybe just spend a little bit less on them yeah. and it's not as hard to rationalize maybe I mean that's a little it's you know selling them as these games that are kind of more online focused and centric as like a subscription fee is you know maybe not a not a decent not a a bad way to look at kind of how they're trying to shift that model it's just weird kind of shifting your focus of of your perspective rather of owning a game mm-hmm. like that's just kind of going away like you just don't it's going to probably in 5 or 10 years you won't be able to own games anymore it's just this license that you pay for yeah well you will i mean like i own the digital games i bought on playstation 4 i mean unless a time comes when they like i can't download them from the service anymore like pt but that pt is the drastic outlier yeah yeah it's um, the exception the the question is oh i mean that's just the online game question i mean I, you know that, that's not new i mean i have a copy of unreal tournament 2004 which is essentially yeah. useless i mean like, yeah. no one plays it anymore i have know? lots of pc games that are like that yeah or you can maybe find like a fan group somewhere right. who's put up a server or, whatever. or like how much money did i spend both buying and subscribing to the city of heroes and city of villains games that's yeah. gone and no one's been able to crack how to make it work on a fan server so they're gone 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 like yeah, you, can't you can't play, play those it. games anymore yeah. those games are gone forever it's like if you need footage of one of those games you can't Forget capture it. it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to get it. And I like those games. You know, I, I wasn't like you know tremendously dedicated to them, but I wouldn't mind going back and playing City Heroes again. Yeah. But well, there's yeah. a lot of people that we knew that were really into that. Yeah. Yeah. Megan from GT was mm-hmm. a huge. She was even playing that while I was at GT still. Well, now also like that's still one of the best character creators ever. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of versatility in that. So do you think what we're seeing is the as this shift to more a service-based industry? That's why we're seeing a turnover of the old guys. I think it's entirely possible, yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's happening internally at Sony, but, like, that's a, I think that's a very fine, educated guess. Like, that, like, that they're bringing in people that, that can kind of deal with this new economy in a way that... And also, like, it might be, in some part, a reaction to what happened with Battlefront, too, and, and EA was like, clearly, there is a way to do this wrong. Yeah. You know? And it's <laughs> and we just clearly you. important to Sony that they get it right the first time around. Um, because I think, you know, I don't think Microsoft's playing around at this point. I mean, Microsoft is making their big push, and Sony's got to push back, and I think that's, you know, we're not going to see that come to a real head for another couple of years, but, like, you know, I think Sony and Microsoft have both seen their fortunes reversed from generation to generation now over the course of, you know, the last 15 years, and I think they realize that you got to win each, each kind of new phase of this industry as it comes, you can't trust that because you won before, you're going to win oh, again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think Sony learned that with the PlayStation 3. Yeah. I think that taught Sony a very valuable lesson. And the they, one, well, that's the interesting thing is, like, everybody learned. I think everybody knows that right now. And, I, you know, sure, they might forget eventually, but I think Sony knows it, and I think Microsoft is acting upon that knowledge, and I think the Switch shows that Nintendo learned it, too. Yeah. So I think you're, you're seeing three game console manufacturers going in with their eyes wide open for once. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they all come up with. The industry is changing. Uh, one thing I do want to say before we move on is that uh, Cause is a really awesome guy. Yes. 
I remember the first time I was scheduled to do an interview with that man, it was one of the few people in the industry where I got crazy, crazy nervous before the interview. Um, because I never really talked to anyone who had ever interviewed him. Obviously, I had a lot of reverence for him because of what he's done. We owe a lot to this man, by the way. I mean, cause he changed gaming forever. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he he's just a great man. He's very humble. Um, I was just like a foot-in-the-door guy whenever I interviewed him. I still don't know to this day why I was assigned to do it, hmm. uh, but I was. And uh, he was one of the most gracious, humble people I've ever interviewed in this industry. And honestly, that's pretty typical of a lot of uh, Japanese folks who are in the, in the industry. Of course, you have extremes like Suda and uh, Itagaki mm. and people like that. But uh, he's just a really humble guy. Um, you know, you start thinking about what he's actually accomplished in his career. It's staggering what he's done and the products he's been a part of. And, I mean, in all honesty, he turned around Sony. You know, in the last five years, mm-hmm. that, that company was in the toilet, man. They were in bad, bad shape. And he went in there, and in just the span of a couple years, had kind of turned the whole thing around. So, And he ma- gave us the 2006 PlayStation 3 press conference. He did. He absolutely did. So, always be grateful for. So, Kaz, best of luck to you, man. Thank you for everything you've done. I hope we see him back in the industry somehow. I, somehow, I don't think we will, though. I don't think he's going to be a guy that comes back. I think he's done what he had to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think he has bigger fish to fry at this point. I mean, I, if you're Kazurai, I feel like you can sit back and look at what you've accomplished and feel pretty damn good about yeah. yourself. He's one guy who can retire in peace yeah. and not have any regrets. Go, so Go do whatever you want to do forever. Exactly. So, Kaz, thanks again, man. Best of luck in whatever you do next. Even if it's retirement, kick those feet up and have one for me. So play, play racer, Ridge Racer for us. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's move to the next topic. We're going to talk next about Nintendo, mm-hmm. which is just totally destroying Matt. I mean, freaking destroying. The the Switch is on pace to outsell the Wii and the PlayStation Four. Both it is outpacing both of those consoles right now. Um, PS Four, that's still amazing. I mean, the PS Four is out of the gate sold like hotcakes that's nothing to scoff at outselling the wii that wow. is a big deal man i'll still believe that when i see it but look i look, on pace you keep, you keep doubting man but it just is, keeps going but it, it's on pace is not the same as doing it yeah like it's got a long few months coming up where nothing's coming out yeah so we'll see if, if the momentum holds up because the playstation ran into that too yeah, yeah but i mean people who buy a Switch can still buy Mario and Zelda. Right. And I think that's enough. I mean... That's enough to sell a lot of people a Switch, for sure. But like, We're not talking about software sales here. We're just talking about hardware sales. Right. But you're going to run out of, of incentive at that point. You know, like people are like... You're start, I'm starting to run into people. It's like, ah, I can't decide if I want a Switch or not. Should I get a Switch? And I'm like, do you want Mario or Zelda? And they're like, well, I, mean, I like it. And I'm like, look, if you... You're probably looking at two of the best games on the system, period, in its whole life. Right. Whatever they're, they're, else they're, comes they're, they're, out, yeah. like people, when 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 the Switch is done and people are making their top ten Switch games ever lists, those two games, those two games are going to be high up there. I, sure, I predict. Yeah. And I'm like, if those two games haven't already sold you this system, like I don't know what you're even talking about anymore. Yeah. Like like it's not for you if you don't want yeah, yeah. those two. I think people games. know already whether they like Mario and Zelda though. So I mean, like I feel like you're hitting the point where. Um, you know, it is selling well. Uh, I don't know if it can keep that up. It's the same with, you know, same with PlayStation 4. Like, it sold real well, real well. And then it starts like, mm, yeah. That like, was it, like, year three, though, where PS4 started yeah. to... But it also is a similar away. thing where it's like, you know, would you ever have ever believed that PlayStation 4 would have that kind of momentum after what happened with the PlayStation 3? 
Uh, well, the PlayStation 3 did sell very respectable amount of units, have but it to took realize, a long time. That Microsoft was a long tail. Microsoft did hand that to them on a silver platter. Right. I mean, well, also consider, it I mean, took something extreme. Right, but also consider the same things happening with the Switch to some degree, where the Switch has no competition. Like, the other systems don't do what the Switch does. The Switch is, you know, Nintendo says that a lot. But too. that like, was the Nintendo's like, idea, right? Right, so but, that, but also that's what Nintendo says. They're like, we don't consider Sony and Microsoft to be our competition. We are just doing what we do. Uh, and which for, is... Short-sighted. Which is, yeah, I don't which agree is kind with that of, at all. Which, you know, when, well, when they say that about the Wii U, it sounds like an excuse. When right. they say that about the Switch, it sounds brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> the, 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 the validity or the usefulness of that statement depends on how well you're doing in the NPD. Yeah, basically. exactly. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it's doing real well. I just, you, you need to keep feeding that software beast, and they aren't doing that until, meh. You know, yeah. like they got nothing this year. They're riding on last year's games, and they're going to ride on it for a long time, at least in terms of selling it to the mainstream audience. I think you're still. But I think it'll make it through this whole next year just on the strength of Zelda and Mario. I think there's still enough people who will buy it just for those two games, and maybe pick up mm, some smaller stuff along the way. I, I think you're Mario. Maybe I think Zelda's run its course. For Mario, the it seems to be selling better than Zelda. Yeah, oh, well, Mario always sells better than Zelda. I mean, Mario and Zelda are the top two. Well, not franchises. necessarily 3D Mario's. 2D Mario's always way way outsells Zelda. Mario is by far there. I mean, Mario is in a, is his, his own league. I mean, it's just like you can't compare Mario and Zelda. Lifetime individual. I mean, Zelda sells well. Zelda, you know, Zelda's their number two, but Mario is 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 in an, their his own boat because like you can't. I mean, Mario is as recognizable as Ronald McDonald and Santa Claus. Like oh, yeah. Link is. I mean, people still call Link Zelda. Yeah, you know, it's not the same <laughs> level. Like Mario is just pop culture immortal on a level that like you 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 can't buy, sell, or trade. Like ten million sold worldwide of. Super Mario Odyssey, that I mean, that is impressive. basically where you should be with a top-level Mario game on a hit system. I mean, I mean, it's already sold as many as Galaxy Yeah. in a month and a half or two months. And look, I still like Gal- the Galaxy games better than so do Odyssey. I. I absolutely But, do. like, this is exactly, you know, it just shows. This is exactly the Mario game they needed. It's exactly the return to form they needed. It's exactly, you know, I, they needed Mario for that holiday season, and they it delivered. And, you know... I, I think it's it's, uh, it's all working out well. It's all working out according to what I would have to imagine is to plan. Yeah. You know, this is, I, I think this is what they expected, more or less. Maybe, so we, a, little, maybe a little better than they expected, but yeah. like... So we got Nintendo's financials where they talked about how the Switch was selling and how Mario sold and that sort of thing, but they also started slipping some other stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of big things to talk about. The first one is Nintendo Online for Switch launching in September. Year and a half after the system. A year, more, really, more than a year. Well, I guess it's about a year and a half, for twenty bucks a year, which is really dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. And they are saying in some way you'll be able to play some of Nintendo's old school games. Still haven't given any details on that. Yeah. But I mean, on the positive side, meanwhile, Konami's still putting out untranslated TurboGrafx <laughs> sixteen games on the Wii U Virtual Console. <laughs> what is going on over there? Konami's doing well. Their financials this week were really good. So. I know we all, it's easy to hate Konami, we all hate on them, but financially, whatever Konami's been doing has been the right moves. Yeah, well, I'll give them a bigger break if they bring Castlevania back. That's not going to happen. Of course, well, it'll happen in the Pacino, Pachinko. Uh, <laughs> it sure will. Not the Pacino, a Pacino parlor would be a very different, <laughs> a very different a very establishment. Different uh, so September for $20. I mean, if you look at the glass half full, it's that we're going to get to play online on switch for free longer than we thought we were going to mm-hmm. 
because uh, we re- all thought it was going to be a few months and you have to pay your money but to play right. online, but that's not been the case. We're going to a year and a half of free Switch online play, which, you know, we're used to playing for free on Nintendo platforms anyway, so... Well, I, I haven't done anything online with a Switch. Oh, yeah, ever. I play Splatoon and other stuff online. Mario Kart. What else is coming up? Smash, Port, I'm guessing, is coming maybe, this year. Well, that will probably launch after, or maybe with... The online service. There's Pokemon tournament that you can play online. Yeah. And there's there's stuff. That might be that might be a pretty good synergy there if you launch Smash Brothers the Smash Brothers port alongside the online service. Yeah, and that that's be, that'd be that right at the right time. That probably is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, because think about it. That would also explain why it wasn't in the direct. Yeah, you were talking about Trojan horses earlier. Right. I mean, if you need a Trojan horse to get people to spend twenty bucks a year to play online, there's no better than Smash. Yeah. And so you're right, absolutely, September for Smash on Switch makes a whole lot of sense. Or if not, like a month later, which would be a huge missed opportunity, by the way. But, mm-hmm. but no matter what, when people get Smash Brothers for Switch, they're going to want to play it online. Right. And even if the online service launched a month earlier, they get it a month later, they're still going to plunk down their 20 bucks to play it. Um, so, I don't know, I, I'm trying to look at it as half glass full. Like I got to play Nintendo Online mm. longer than I thought on Switch, even though I'm hoping that the service, when it comes out, is something that's impressive and well worth the $20 also. Mm. But I hope Nintendo has taken all this time to create something that's actually just not some crappy social network like we got, we got with Wii U. Right. Um, I don't know, I mean, I'm, if you're going to charge for the it... The Miiverse, like, I never saw the draw to that at all. It's a, it's a place for like hardcore Nintendo fans to gather and celebrate together, but as something functional that I would actually use, it was nothing. So I'm hoping Nintendo kind of pushes that off to the side and actually creates an online network for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the virtual console is probably the thing I'm most interested in, how they're going to handle that. Yeah. Uh, they haven't really talked about it, though. I no. mean, if, is there going to be one? <laughs> online play is not really a, a factor for me on the Nintendo system. Like, they don't make stuff I play online much. Yeah. So... I mean, I guess, I don't know, Pokemon? Not really. Like, I, <laughs> If the new Pokemon RPG has a crazy online battle yeah, element, I think you get into that, right? Maybe? I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I play Pokemon like an RPG. I don't play it like a multiplayer like competitive thing. Yeah. I'm too old for that. <laughs> Battling against other players is fun, I think, in Pokemon. Uh, the other big announcement Nintendo made was that Mario Kart is coming to mobile. Mario Kart Tour... Uh, early 2019 uh, to, I'm assuming, iOS and Android, mm-hmm. although that's not a given with Nintendo because Nintendo has done ex- limited or timed exclusivity right. on iOS or Android before. Usually Android gets later mm. uh, with Nintendo's products, but then well, there's been do, other that were day They do day, love so. to premiere the, they, well, they premiered the Mario thing at the Apple like, right. conference. Press conference, yeah, yeah so. absolutely. I w- wouldn't surprise me if we saw a similar thing here. It, it could. What do you think about uh, Mario Kart Mobile, where online play should just be built right in? And yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I you think mean, they're going to use uh, tilt controls? No. No? No. You'll, you'll, just, you'll just tap it. You think you just tap it left and right to steer? Yeah. I, I've never or, played. Or you, might, or you might just, like, you might have a little steering wheel on it that you, like, turn. Really? Just... Full disclosure, I've never played a driving game on myself. Yeah, I play some, that's basically how they work. Is that how they work? That's the ones I've played, yeah. I mean, Man. sometimes that doesn't I'm... sound kosher to me, dude. Like playing Mario Kart like that, I don't know. I don't Does it give you the type of control that you'd expect and you would demand from a Mario Kart I game? Don't know. I mean, well, if you design the game around it, 
Sure. It is Nintendo. Nintendo's pretty good with user interface. Yeah, I mean, they found a way to make a Mario game that doesn't have a controller. I mean, Mario Mario Run and is not I mean, Super Mario. It did Run not, not do especially well. No, but you know, it it did more or less feel like playing Mario to some degree by just tapping a button. You yeah. Know, was, you know, they'll figure it out. Racing games aren't that crazy hard, and there's a whole generation of kids that like know how to play with a touchscreen on those kind of things better than a regular controller. So, uh, The other final piece of news from Nintendo and was... And what, what an endless series of tracks and characters and carts and everything you could put on that. Yeah, they haven't said it's free to play yet, although I'm guessing it's probably going to be... I'm sure it will be like... Or like, Nintendo's free to start. Well, also look at the, the thing that's... What, Fire Emblem Heroes is the one that's worked the best for them, right? And that, that's just that constant... I think Animal Crossing's working out pretty well, too. Yeah, I think so. I haven't played that, but like uh, Fire Emblem still pops up now and again, and they're constantly giving you free loot boxes. And Anecdotally, I mean, just looking on social media, it seems like Animal Crossing's doing pretty darn well. Like, Facebook... It, it's Like, Twitter... People talk about games a lot on Twitter. On Facebook, I have a lot of people that are friends with me on Facebook that aren't gamers. They're just people from my life or their old friends or their, you know, like, relatives or whatever. I see people talking about Animal Crossing all the time on Facebook. Mm. And usually that's a pretty good sign that it's kind of broken through that to that casual crowd. Um, so I think it's doing pretty well. They didn't say anything about it yeah. specifically. I mean, I know, like, as far as what they've said, Fire Emblem is the biggest success. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise Which me. Which isn't a surprise, because no. it's custom made for a platform right. like that. And also, it wouldn't surprise me to see Animal Crossing eclipse that. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe we'll find out later. But Yeah. Um, and then the final piece of news is that uh, they are working on a CG Mario film mm -hmm. with the team that did Minions, right? Yes. And Miyamoto is involved. Yes. That, to me, is a red flag. Yeah. Well... I, the, well, I mean... It's, I you know, know film better than I do. Yeah. I saw that, and I was like, what? Like, Miyamoto must be getting bored. It's got to be better than the live-action one. Well, yeah. Um, you would think. Uh, my favorite story about the live-action one is that uh, uh, years, a little bit after, like, Dennis Hopper said his kid saw the movie and said, like, why did you do that movie? <laughs> and he said, uh, and Dennis Hopper said, well, I did that movie so that you could have shoes. <laughs> You and Gray and his kids, his, his son said, "Dad, I don't need shoes that bad." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, That's a good story. But uh, isn't it weird though that Miyamoto is like getting involved? Well, in... I mean, he's, I'm sure he's sort of super. You know, in the same way that if they made like a Metal Gear movie, like Kojima would supervise it or have. But like, that veto makes more power. sense because Kojima has been wanted to be a film director like his entire career. Yeah, but, I mean, it's Miyamoto wants to like you know keep keep like watchdog it. You know, it's it's, his, guy, it's his boy. Do you think he's going to be worried about canon stuff, or do you think he actually wants to get involved with like the creative side of making I think the it's film? I think it's partly. I mean, it's like the it's like the Disney thing. It's like you 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 can't do that with that character. No, you can't make a fart joke with Princess Peach. You can't, um, you know, Luigi can't rip the head off a bunny. Like, you know, it's, like, it's like you know, if especially if you're going with Illuminations, which is the people that made Despicable Me and, and Minions. Like there's a you can't the the humor that they do is a little wacky and manic and rabbits style because let's face it, the Minions are rabid ripoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, like. So like that sort of that sort of approach could fit for like a Mushroom Kingdom romp, but well it I, did obviously already with 
Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom. Battle. Right, but like without the Rabbids involved, it's the, you know it's not quite that crazy. And like I can see Miyamoto sort of being sort of the the gatekeeper of. You know, yes, this fits. This does not fit. Don't do this. You can do this. That kind of like, like they are going to tightly control what happens to these characters in this presentation. I would just think at this point, Miyamoto has a minion who handles all that kind of stuff. Like him getting involved in it and putting his name out there when they announce it just seemed a little weird. I mean, it's prestigious. It's a, it's a, you know, it's it's a big new venture. It's a big new direction for Nintendo. It's never been done with any of their franchises since the what the '90s when the cartoons were coming yeah. out, and those were clearly not of the highest caliber. And let's yeah. be honest, the they Super Mario Brothers Super Show was not. Uh, it was bad. You know, there was, there was they played fast and loose a little bit. Excuse me, princess, all that yeah. shit. Um, so if they're gonna try to make something that's kind of on the on the on par with like you know, even if they are on par with like Minions or something, you know, these these higher end CG movies. They're going to want to get it right the first time around, and Miyamoto is, for better or worse, the expert on who Mario is. Which is funny because it's funny for two reasons to me. First, like, Mario is probably the least story-heavy of any other other product. And Miyamoto's games never have cinematics. There's no storytelling. That's the other thing. Miyamoto doesn't like stories. It's like you were talking about Kojima earlier. That makes sense. Like, his movies or his games have... Mm -hmm. Full movies in them. But Aonuma, I think, you know, it's like he even talks about how, like, this, the timeline of Zelda exists because he hid it from Miyamoto. Like, he, like right. Miyamoto didn't want any continuity, anything like that. And he's like, you, you picture Aonuma, like, in the corner of his desk, just, like, writing right. down, like, yeah, timelines. He'll never know. So he'll never know. I'll just keep it in a drawer. And I'll just use it for me. Right. It's like, oh, they're making a book? Here, run, run. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, Miyamoto doesn't think that's important. Miyamoto thinks it should, you know, the game should play well and should be right. fun. And if there's a story, who cares, you know? Which you can see in all the early Mario games you up to about You can see every four. game he works on. It's just not... Every hard. game he works on is like that. He though. needs a premise. That's it. That's he doesn't it. need a story. He needs something Look to rationalize Pikmin. what is happening yeah, on the screen. Like Pikmin. Yeah. Like, a Miyamoto, one of the hallmarks to me of a Miyamoto game is, like, you get, like, a setup th- cutscene at the beginning... Maybe you get a middle cutscene. One scene, in the middle, and then an ending. And you get an ending. Yeah, that's it. Everything else is the game, you know? That's why it's shocking but, to me he's involved in making I don't think it's shocking because he's the guy who sits there and says, yes, this is okay, this isn't okay. Like, he's not going to sit there and write the story for them. He's not going to dictate... What is his credit? Was it... I don't know. Probably, it, probably consultant or Well, something. I think what it was is that his credit did not make it sound like he is just consulting the film. It made it sound like he is involved in the creative well, remember, process. What is it? Was it a producer or Maybe something? someone in the chat knows what his title was there. You guys want to? Maybe they can just Google Credit, it. Credits don't always mean you're doing anything. I mean, sometimes the co-producer. Co-producer. See, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. All that means that is, is he's, all that means is he's going to sit there and probably nod or shake his head. Like that's all. He that's is, a very generic. Title. My my assumption based on what you know what this deal probably is and how movies work is he is probably the guy who sits there on is kind of on behalf of Nintendo. And says, yes, you can do this with our characters. No, we don't want you to do this with our characters. Like, I, I honestly hope that's what it is. Because I think if he actually gets involved in making the film, it could be really No, he's really not bad. involved. In, he's not involved in making the film. I guarantee you. Be like a death knell. No production company would accept that deal. Because you do not want someone who's never done this before sticking their nose in and saying that. All he's there to do, in my opinion, is just basically to watchdog the brand and yeah. make sure they're not doing things with the Mario characters that, sh- you know, like there's no upskirt shots of Peach and right. and Mario's not being like a, a jerk to people and, you know, Bowser. 
I don't know. I, I'm probably because part, <laughs> well, because part of this is you're gonna they're gonna have to come up narratively with who these characters are I beyond know. just sort of these archetypes they've filled by default for years. You're gonna have to come like, how does Mario say stuff? You know, know. Mario's gonna have to have a voice that goes beyond ha ha. You know, I mean, is he gonna talk in that accent all the time? Right. Like, <laughs> do you do that? Is it you know? And and that comes. It's like, does me is Nintendo gonna say no? He has to have the stereotypical Italian accent, or can probably. you make him sound like you know, probably? Yeah. I mean. Maybe not as pronounced as Charles. How Martin annoying does would it, it be listening to him talk for like two hours like that, though? I mean, what if that's the joke? <laughs> what be. if the only thing Mario can say is "It's a me"? Like, right. What if he's just an idiot and everybody works around him the whole time? One thing I will say is the Minion movies are pretty good. They could have worse <sighs> people working on the film. They're, oh, they're I mean, not going to win an Oscar or anything. They but... don't, well, okay, that doesn't even mean anything. Don't, don't get me started on the animated film Oscar. Thing. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I mean, they're fine. I, the Minion movies are not my deal. Uh, I do like the first Despicable Me yeah. pretty well. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're not going to get Pixar or whatever, but like, these guys know how to put together a CG movie, make it look good, make it look solid, and make it a hit. And like, that's all Nintendo needs out, yeah. of, out of this deal. Um, I think you're just going to have, you know, there's going to be a lot of things, meetings and back and forths where everybody has to sit down and come up with an actual story and come up with actual characters, come up with why Bowser's even doing what he's doing. Because they've never really gone into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bowser wants power. Probably for good reason. Peach, and there's a, <laughs> you know, that, that, that Mario Sunshine implies that Bowser Jr. might be related to Peach. So now you're kind of like, what in the world is happening? Um, <laughs> so you got to come up with some kind of world for these characters to inhabit that works as a two-hour movie, yeah. which is not the same thing as, as, a, as a world that serves as a premise for a 30-hour game. Um, and that's a hard job. It you know, is. And, and you're going to have to balance like what the movie makers want it to be to make it what they see as a good story and what, the, what Nintendo thinks is this is how our characters should be and how they should be treated. And... When you don't have that, you end up with that live-action movie. Yeah. I mean, like, that is just, like, gone... Comp- I mean, I don't know what the deal was creatively with that movie or why that would be what you'd think of when you see those games. And I mean, and I also... I still blame <laughs> that movie for how weird Mario fan art is. Yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah. that has to come at least inspired in part from that. for sure. Yeah. Um, that guy, the the tiny the Goombas with a tiny oh, lizard head. Like, what Bowser in that movie. It's, yeah. like, scary. It's so weird. It really and it's like... Is. It's like, and it's like you watch. It can't it. be any worse, I think, is what I'm saying. Right. Um, it'll be bright and it'll be recognizable. And you'll see it. And like um, the, the question will be kind. Of, it'll be like Ratchet and Clank. It'll be like a direct translation, as far as you can tell, like the er version of this property. Yeah. Uh, the question is going to be like Mario and Company is a much vaguer concept in that regard than Ratchet was. Because there's actually some semblance. Of Ratchet a plot had a narrative, and, and there was and yeah, there was dialogue. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Ratchet Lots is, of Ratchet has acting. always been a written game. Yeah. You know? And Mario, like you're kind of coming from a. It's a blank canvas. Oh, it is a blank canvas with a few red and green splotches already on it. You're going to yeah. have to figure out how to connect those into something that works as a narrative. And uh, I would not want to be on that team. Let's put I, it that I way. That sounds, it's, I a, would not want to Coming up that, with a decent story for, for, that, for the Mario universe. And like something to... Inter- the other question you have to be is like, how generic do you make the story? Like, do you just retell Super Mario Brothers with like Bowser kidnapped Peach and da 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 Or do you come up with something... Because I, I think it's safe to assume... That the majority of people who are going to see this movie, which is the majority, of, you know, the majority of people in the world, know what this is. Yeah, Mario. It's like it's like if you made a Ronald McDonald movie, you would not. <laughs> you don't have to explain who Ronald McDonald is to most of the planet, right? <laughs> yeah. No one wants. Don't do that movie. Don't make that movie. Like, I, it's not my fault if that get happens. A Hamburg, Hamburglar movie first. <laughs> Hamburglar origin. <laughs> yeah. The McDonald's cinematic universe. You got to start early yeah. on. 
Tell us, I, I do not have high hopes for the Mario the story movie. Of, just, of, I think I'll just end it on that. I am not auspiciously looking forward to the Mario movie. You can't just make a Mayor McCheese movie. You have to make the movie where he's a community organizer first. <laughs> oh, man. So... Everything else is coming up roses for Nintendo, though. I mean, it is just but on I also quite remember, a tear. Also, remember that CG, these CG movies like sell themselves on their visuals and the yeah. and the wacky and it'll be cookie cutter 3D te- and IMAX teasers and stuff. And, and like kids will want to see it. I'm sure I I will do think very it'll be, well. It'll do extremely well. Yeah, it absolutely. Um, will. It'll do the opposite of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, which tanked horribly, bad, really Real bad, bad. Like, yeah, way worse than I ever. But thought you know, the Mario IP just destroys Ratchet and right. Clank and. Yeah, and so. Mario and Nintendo will make you know when you've got the not just the marketing power of, of a Hollywood studio, but you have the marketing power of Nintendo behind you. It, it the deck stacked pretty well in that movie's favor. Yep, absolutely. So let's move on. We're going to talk next about GDC and what many people consider the father of the modern console industry. Mm-hmm. Nolan Bushnell. He essentially started the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Like created Pong. Yeah, I mean, the original he, game. He essentially created the home console market. And look at this old uh, icons episode from G4 wow. that I, I pulled in for B-roll. Look at that G4 Tech TV logo. Yep, that only lasted for about three months. Well, except in Canada, it was still right, it's right. still that until like a few <laughs> months right. ago. That's right. I forgot about that. So Nolan Bush now created Pong. He created the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. He created the Atari, the I mean, Razor and cartridge. Chucky model Keys. for I mean he created the industry pretty much, yeah. um, and so GDC was which happens next month was set to give him a lifetime achievement award. I'm assuming Nolan at this point already has twenty of these yeah, from various few. other. In fact, I'm, I was there for a couple of them. I yeah, mean, I've seen him win this award before. Yeah, he's been recognized. This is not like the thing like the video game the the, the the game awards where they recognize that woman who made River Raid. Right. And no one had ever heard of her before because yeah. like no one no one gave her the recognition. Nolan Bushnell is recognized. He has yes he has had his just desserts from his career. Mm-hmm. And so GDC was going to give him a lifetime. I think they just showed an award right there. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, GDC was going to give him a lifetime achievement award. I don't know why it took GDC so long to give it to him. Seems like yeah, it's he, not like he's done anything in the he, last he, like ten years. Right, the like, change. Oh, okay, it. now you can have. Or yeah. it's like now you're running out of people to give it to, so you give it to the Godfather of console gaming. Like he probably should have won it the first year GDC ever did it. And what happened is recently. Allegations have come out against him regarding sexual harassment, um, improper workplace conduct, and GDC has decided to rescind the award and will mm-hmm. not award it to Nolan Bushnell. It sounds like they won't award it to anyone this year. Yeah, they are completely vacating it this year. Nobody is winning the award at GDC. Matt, how do you feel about this? Eh, I mean, eh, I, I mean yeah. PR-wise, it seems like a it's a probably a wise decision uh, considering like you know the optics of the time uh it is you know and i i do support the whole me too thing and like you know calling this stuff out like it's important the the stories that i read about bushnell that they were calling him out on seem pretty tame uh, i mean they're a real thing and it's a real problem but like and it's like we it's what like, happened in like 1980 right but it's, it's also like like, the stories were, like, basically, like, he would have meetings in hot tubs, and then he, like, tried to get the female employees to get in the hot tub with the guys and stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's gross. That's, um, yeah, he, it sounds like he, he was a dork who came into a lot of money and had no idea how to function in that space mm-hmm. of people who have lots of money. 
Well, I it mean, just flailed. Yeah, I mean, it, and does it matter at this point? I mean, like, like there's a point at which, like, yeah, you want to kind of acknowledge, like, this is a thing that happens because you people you weren't treating this correctly, and now that has consequences, and I get that, um, and I can support that. Uh, this just seems like, uh, I don't know. Here's my thing. I'm I'm kind of fine with it, I guess. You're fine with them taking the award away or not giving it to him? He's got a lot of them already. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But here's the thing. So the award is called the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone in the industry in their lifetime who has achieved more than Nolan Bushnell? Yes. Who? Miyamoto. You think? Yes. I don't know about that, man. Miyamoto's made a lot more games I like than Nolan Bushnell did. Well, yeah, it's not about that, though. He started the whole industry, though. Eh. Yeah. There's no... And then it crashed. It. And then it crashed, and then a Miyamoto game brought it back. No, it's true. But if it it had to start somewhere, or it couldn't crash and be brought back. Yeah, but I kind of subscribed... I don't really subscribe to the great man theory in that regard. Video games were coming, one way or the other. Computer space already existed before Nolan Bushnell. He invented Pong! Pong isn't the first video game. Right. Computer space is. Right. Video games were coming. He beat everyone else to the punch. Someone else would have come along. But no one else could have made Mario Brothers. Okay. So you're saying that in your opinion, there's one other person more deserving a lifetime achievement. I think there's a lot of arguments for people who, you know, he, he did a really big thing early on. If you look at his full career, what else did he do? I mean, that's, pretty, that's a lot, though. I mean, yeah, well, I mean... It's not like he just created an indie game and then went away. Like, sure, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, I mean, I'm saying he's not worthy of a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I'm saying, like, to treat him as some kind of, like, you know, demigod of the industry because of that one thing is, like, well, That's such a big thing, though. Eh, it's not hardly anything am, bigger. But he's not a creative force. He was never a creative force. No, he was and, just and a me, smart businessman. Right. And to me, the creative forces of gaming are more important and more interesting to me than than Who also took people. great financial risk to get the industry put on its feet so that it could take off. Mm-hmm. And, and crash into the wall as a result of his, lack, his company's lack of... I don't think he was at the company anymore at that point. He wasn't. But, but look, it was the first go-around with... The industry. I mean, look, there are other platforms that still allow garbage on their platform, and which is what killed the Atari 2600. I know. I, st- I subscribe to Jim Sterling. I'm well aware. <laughs> there are still, right, but there are still platforms doing that. Right. Um, I mean, you can even argue some of the stuff that's going over on the Switch right now. It's just like, whatever. It's just a big old free-for-all. Um, so he learned that lesson the hardware way first. He had no one to learn from. He was trailblazing. He was shoveling the snow off the sidewalk he you know he was the guy who was taking the risk and doing everything for the first time so uh, i mean we're arguing about semantics as far as like who deserves a lifetime achievement the bottom line is he deserves a lifetime achievement award based upon what he achieved in his life and i don't think that award says what you achieved in your life when you weren't being a scumbag near a hot tub like well, it sounds like he was kind of that was part of what he was achieving was he was behaving that way while he was achieving it and if they decide that that's not the optics they want for this thing, that's GDC's decision. Well, that was 19... Look, first of all, I'm not going to say, hey, GDC, I'm going to tell you what to do. It's their award. They can do whatever the hell they want. That doesn't mean it's right or it's wrong, though. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we don't have a right to criticize what GDC decides to do. And in my opinion, it is a Lifetime Achievement Award. He deserves that award. Was he a scumbag back then in 1980? I mean, the other part to think about is that he achieved most, most of his 
most of his achievements happened before 1980. I mean, it was mostly in the 70s where he was really kind of the guy blazing the trail. And by 1980, he was kind of irrelevant at that point. Yeah. I mean, Atari had already kind of started crashing and burning at that point. Like, he had already done what he had left the company. He basically moved on and, like, was about to found Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Exactly. And you can just follow along right here on Icons on G4. But, uh... I don't. I don't know. To me, what has he been doing since? Is he, did he get more into like robotic stuff? Is he, that his thing? Yep. He got into robotics for a while. He still dabbles in game stuff here and there, mm-hmm. but it's none of it's really been. Well, all I remember that he successful. was doing a thing on iOS years and years ago, but it was like basically it was like he was involved in these things. That like it would it was there were like little mini histories of the twenty six hundred and that era, yeah. and like it was like a weird little thing where like you could actually. Like, it would tell you about the coding and things the games, but then you could actually do the coding and yeah. learn how it worked and stuff. There was some... Co- but then, like, yeah. they only did, like, three of them, and then it disappeared. Yeah. But he's I, been, I he's been in, is, involved in a lot of weird ventures, and a lot of them are really interesting ideas, but they don't seem to stay around. They don't ever... Yeah, they never, they're never successful, other than console gaming. And so I think by the definition of the award, you should be looking at what did he actually accomplish during his career in games. And to me, he's a no-brainer to get this award. If he's not getting it the first year, he should get it the second year. Um, and some salacious stories about him in a hot tub after he had already accomplished his stuff. I, I don't see how that, I mean, I know why GDC is doing it, obviously, mm-hmm. because the optics, like you said, with the whole Me Too movement right now. And I mean, truth be told, there are a lot of, I don't know even how to say it. There are a lot of feminists in gaming, I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. A lot of the women who do work in gaming, and there aren't anywhere near enough of them, a lot of them are like hardcore feminists. They, they're hypersensitive to stuff like this, and they would most likely raise a big ruckus at GDC. Maybe there would even be, and it's in San Francisco, where the propensity for something like that to happen is much more likely. So you're absolutely right. Optics, GDC doesn't want people picketing outside of mm-hmm. like GDC. That's not what yeah, GDC, GDC is already, like. They've already the got the Jesus guys doing right, that. Right, exactly. Telling us we're going to go to hell for the playing video games. The same signs at every I damn know. convention. I don't know what... So to me, I think GDC is making the wrong call. I think he deserves the award. Um, I think some people are being hypersensitive. And I will admit, like, there are some women who work in our industry, who I am friends with on Facebook, who, in my opinion, are completely irrational. And even to the point where I've just got so sick of looking at their posts that I just, like, unfollowed them. I didn't unfriend them, but I just unfollowed them because they're just on the extreme fringe where they're so sensitive to anything that they just completely overreact to it. And I don't know this is a specific case of that where they are completely overreacting, but I think they're at least a little bit overreacting. Well, live their life for 30 years in that kind of environment and see how rational you feel about this kind no, of thing. you're right. When, when I you're not, finally allowed to talk about it without no, losing right. your I fucking job. you're right. I have not walked in their shoes and I haven't experienced what they have. I just, you know, lifetime achievement or no lifetime achievement, like, I don't know, you know, assuming he has more room on his shelf for them. Um, sure. Like, but at the same time, I can understand why in 2018, uh, GDC would prefer their lifetime achievement awarded recipient to not be part of kind of the Weinstein click, for lack of a better term. I think that's um, pushing it, though. I mean, <laughs> uh, No, but it's all part and parcel of the same sort of like, hey, this happens all the time, this is a problem, uh, no one ever has any consequences for it, and no one thinks it's important except the people that it happens to. 
And this is one way for GDC to kind of say like, well, okay, we acknowledge that and here's some consequences. Maybe he gets it, maybe he gets it later, you know, maybe he gets it years from now if, if he's still around or whatever. But, but like, how does that make it right then though? <laughs> like, I don't know, because it's not in the middle of, I mean, uh, it's not the hot topic. Then. But they can never give him this award now. Probably not. They can't. I think he'll be okay. Once you offer it, take it away. Yeah. You can never give it to him then. That's never going to happen. He'll never win this award. So who do they give it to next year? I don't that, know. That's more deserving of I it. I don't know who him. else has won it. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of proves how important it is, doesn't it? That's a good point. Yeah. I think... He'll be fine. I don't even think, like, the people who run GDC, who we both know a lot of people who work on GDC, I think a lot of those people probably aren't doing this because of how they feel, that they don't feel he deserves it. I think they're just doing it to avoid issues and controversy. Right. Well, they're doing it because it's like, this is not the time to, do, to, to award an achievement thing to someone who is embroiled in something like this. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, and, and surely, sure he's not, you know, it's just sort of like, the, the stories being told about him are, feel pretty standard business guy, 1980, you know, very madman kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, just sort of like, that's how it was back then. Right. But it's, you know... Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it something that we need to just sort of ignore and say, oh, it doesn't matter. There's no statute of limitations on being humiliated by your boss. Well, I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, we are in this culture where just accusing someone of some thing, that's like a death sentence. There's no proving that anything happened anymore. It's just like somebody says something... And the knee-jerk reaction is, okay, well, that person needs to be put in his place or sanctioned in some way or reprimanded yeah. in some way. It doesn't happen, not really, that much. Like, I mean, it's, it was everybody's afraid of and talks about being the big slippery slope thing, but I don't see it happen that much. Uh, I mean, Stan Lee, uh, who got, went, to, went to the hospital yeah, yesterday, or there before, yeah. but apparently doing okay. But he had that thing where, about, you know, that some ner- former nursing company accused him of being all handsy and, and slapping the girls and stuff. And his current nursing company was like, no, he's a total gentleman, never had a single problem with him. We've never heard of these people, and they seem to just sort of exist to accuse people of things, so forget it. And it, that went away. You know, it was, yeah. like, it was like, you know, it, it, you do have to substantiate this stuff uh, outside of people screaming about it on Twitter. You know, like, that's different. Like, someone just, like, assuming what they assume on Twitter is one thing, but, like, suffering real consequences usually comes down to, like, somebody has some kind of something happened, and there's actual... Yeah, I think what I was referencing more is just the court of public opinion. Right. Where people read something and they just assume that it's true before, and they don't even, they'll never even like look into it or research it. Yeah. They just read it. But I mean, that happens on social media. They're like, that guy's a scumbag. Yeah, but I mean, that happens every, for anything with anything. I mean, mean, you can look at, uh, you know, what, last week when Polygon decided to say that like uh, Microsoft was going to buy Valve and EA. And, like, this week there's interviews with people, or Gabe Newell had to be like, no, that's not a thing. Like, what are you talking about? Like, people just see a thing, and they, they're like, oh, headline, believe me, that's how all this propaganda, fake news stuff that has been, you know, going on and on, and how Facebook had to create that algorithm that tells you whether you, <laughs> you fell for false stories. Right. And stuff. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the line between reality and fantasy is, is out Getting there blurry. in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, that's not the same thing as stuff happening in reality and people losing jobs or whatever. Like, you, you know, usually there's a... Unless you've got a really squirrely company, that happens. No, no. Sometimes. I mean, most companies do their due diligence. And they I, feel like GD, I feel like GDC but must have weighed stuff. The court of public decided, opinion, yeah. I don't believe, does that, though. No, but the court they of just pub- see something in a social media feed and they're like, "Oh, that guy's a jerk." Yeah. Next, but the court of public opinion is 
you know, also a jerk to some degree. It is, but it's also very powerful. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Because that's what well, it's also kept not, him from getting this award. Yeah, but it's also not like his his statement. It's not like he he denied anything. Yeah. He's like, all right, I get it. If I, you know, he did do the apology with the if. It's like if I offended anyone, no, you don't. <laughs> when you apologize, I'm like, you don't say that. Yeah. It's like it's like if you're arguing a hollow apology, right? Yeah. If you're arguing with your wife and you're just like, if I made you, you know, you made her angry. <laughs> yeah. You do, you don't have to you don't have to qualify it with a, with, yeah. with if it's like no. You would be sorry. saying that if she were not angry. Right. Yeah. You don't say like if I offend. I'm sorry I offended these people. That's yeah. that's the apology. It's not like sorry you were offended is is more like a ha ha you suck, and I'm trying to get out of it. Sorry. Or you're like you're right. You're fragile and right. Yeah. Oh, if that was too much for you, I apologize. That's what yeah, that yeah. comes off as. The condescending me. apology, yeah. essentially. Um, I didn't even see his quote actually about this. He did. A, he did a response on I think it was Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. Maybe it wasn't him on Twitter, but he he put out a little statement that basically said, "I get it. It's you know whatever. It's cool. I apologize if if I did that to people." And it's like you did that. It's funny how like when this sort of thing comes up, all of a sudden dudes sort of like they appara- have no memory. They appa- yeah, they apparently live their lives <laughs> in a total fugue <laughs> state. Well, uh, except when it comes to the Super Bowl. Truth you know? be, yeah. <laughs> truth be told, though, if you've—I don't know if you've ever seen any documentaries back in that whole Atari thing. Like those guys were partying hard. Well, true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they were taking like tons of LSD, and like he may have forgotten some of that. Right. Stuff. But I'm just like he may be like the exception. Like there's a point at which everybody's just going around sounding like Steve Urkel with like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> I forgot he always said that. <laughs> uh, so, well, look, at the end of our discussion, I still feel like he should get the award. I think he has if earned he might, a Lifetime I, Achievement Award. I might award. have a different opinion if, like, this was the Lifetime Achievement Award to end all awards right, that matter. in the game industry. Yeah. Like, this is the thing everybody hopes one day. Like, Miyamoto was, like, hoping one day he'll get this one. And, like, right. you know, Kojima's thing, like, maybe if I'm lucky I'll get this. Right. But it's like, did you even know there was a Lifetime Achievement Award at GDC before this happened? Well, I did because we we had covered yeah, I think, the awards I think I a did. bunch of times. But it was yeah. more of a when I heard, like, oh, yeah, they still but do that. But did, did most people know? <laughs> they had a lifetime yeah. probably not yeah um, and I think that sounds like what Nolan ultimately said I mean, I mean in my head like... I just see Nolan Bushnell staring at his giant like floor to ceiling length case full of lifetime achievement awards with like this little spotlight that's gonna be empty forever now and he's just like single tear it goes down like... the cheek <laughs> like... yeah and maybe we, the way we should look at it is if if he doesn't care we probably shouldn't yeah. care that's probably a good way to put it I feel like Nolan Bushnell is just fine yeah yeah, oh, definitely. For out, for sure. Although he did not make as much money off Atari as he probably should have. No, but... That I, was another area where he failed a little bit. Yeah, well, there, protecting I mean, his, uh, that whole section, that whole part of... That was the Wild West. It really in, was. In a way that... Man, if you, if you can get your hands on some of the books about that time period, it's, it was real crazy. It really was. That's and what no happens. One knew what to, and it's like everything came out of, like... Such weird microtransaction, like was you know the the pong thing where they took the first pong, put it in as a and test, put, put it in Andy Caps in Menlo Park, and yep. they called and said, hey, can you come fix it one day later? Because it was so full of money, it was so full of quarters, it was jammed <laughs> up, and they, they had to, and they they thought it was broken, they thought yeah. it broke, and they're like, oh no, it's so full of money, it can't work anymore, and it's like. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so like imagine like all of a sudden it's like okay we're we got a real massive thing happening here, but it's all happening in the form of quarters. Yeah, and twenty five cents right. at a time. And it got to a point where like where do we keep all these quarters? Yeah, like, it's like yeah. I saw a thing that Vice did on the guy who started the whole homies vending machine thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And how that was like a huge phenomenon, and now it's like crash, but he still has all this stock of these little homies figurines. Yeah. He's like I remember those. Yeah. Although, 
Last week there was a red carpet premiere for a documentary about Funko Pops. Oh, really? Figure it out. A little early for that, I think, maybe, but... Yeah, we're, we're living that right now, yeah. I think. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about a game next. Uh, and th- this game is not just any game. This game is Matt Kyle's favorite video game of all time. Yep. This is it. Your favorite game of all time has been completely redone for PlayStation 4. It has been getting gigantic review scores. Yeah, I wish... Metacritic's like I a 9.4. Uh, sucks we couldn't draft that one. Yeah. Although, I will say, both of our early draft picks have done pretty well. Yeah. We'll talk about Monster Hunter in a minute. Dragon Ball Fighters did very well for you, so yeah. we're, we're both out of the gate pretty strong. But let's talk about The Last Colossus, mm-hmm. or... Shadow, of, Shadow of the Colossus. The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian of the Colossus. Eco. <laughs> oh, Eco. <Yeah>. Subtitle, Eco. <laughs> uh, so you've, you've finished it, I'm assuming. Uh, I'm on the last one. The Last, last Colossus. Colossus. Okay. Um, it's really good. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's my favorite game of all time. Uh, I've played the PlayStation 2 one probably four or five times. I've played the PS3 remaster twice, uh, normal and hard. Uh, this one, I think they nailed it better th- in terms of the gameplay and the physics and how everything works than the PS3 remaster did. Uh, it doesn't feel like weirdly arbitrary with and and like things were a little off in the PS3 remaster, and I think they've they've Blue Point brought it back home on this one. Um, maybe the way we it, discuss this is talk about the changes, the changes you like, and the, maybe some changes that you don't like. Um, God, there aren't really any changes. <laughs> it's like... Really? Not really. It's the same game. I mean, everything's completely rebuilt from the ground up, obviously. Um, you know, the art style... Here's the thing. Like, the art style is... You know, people talk about how it lost the art style, and I think the art style pretty much holds. It's just... It's not as, as washed out as the original, obviously. Not as pixelated as um, the original. But it's still there, and, like, the, the feeling of each area is still... Is, st- is still the same, more or less. My only complaint, I guess, would be... I think his face looks weird. Um, I don't think they... Trans- almost everything else in the game, I think they translated... Um, the, the it's look, hard the when you're working with textures like right. that, though. But, but like, he, he looked a certain way in the PlayStation 2 version and the PlayStation 3 version. Obviously, the PlayStation 3 version is just a, re- uh, you know, a remastered up-res. But... I don't feel like they translated that face into the pol- poli- the, the new model very well. Um, I feel like he doesn't look right. Uh, and he doesn't look bad. He just doesn't look like the same person in a, in a weird way. And also there's a thing like... Well, considering his face in the original was basically just a texture slapped on no, the... No, <laughs> the, 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 in the original game, he's, his face re- responds to things a lot. And like if you watch, like if you look at like... You might, I guess like YouTube might not be high enough resolution for that on PS2 footage. But if you watch him, especially on the PS3 version, if you're like running away from a, a Colossus towards the camera, you'll see his face is worried. Like, he's got re- expressions. The face in this game doesn't do that. Really? At least I've never seen his face that's change. That's um, And I don't know if that's just like a little... I mean, that's a little f- detail you'd see frame to frame. You would never notice it unless you were looking for it. But I've played this game like... So ten times, times. Yeah. so like I'm like oh I like I, there's a little stiffness to it that wasn't there originally um, that I found a little disappointing I guess um, but that is like I if I were reviewing this in a on a hundred point scale I might take off point one right. for that you know it's like it's nothing um, otherwise everything the, the funny thing is everything looks so good and is so 
lush now in terms of like like I Isn't forget. Is there a filter you can turn on to make it look like the original? Mm, if there is, I didn't use it. I uh, think there might be. I didn't see. Or any maybe filters. it unlocks after or you, you might, finish it. It or might something. have to unlock. I don't know. But I I played a little bit. In perf- I'm playing mostly in performance mode, which is the 60 frames a second mode. I played a little bit in cinematic mode, which makes it look better, but runs at 30 roughly. Um, in the end, I preferred the uh, frame rate. Uh, over After the... playing the original, I can understand why. Um, well, yeah, I mean, playing at a high frame rate is like the most like it's weird, like, you know, most unique. Blowing. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. wow, this is this is what it's supposed to run like. And it like. still looks great without you know without that uh, without the, the the higher level stuff. There is some some ground clutter. I mean, in. the the colossi looks so much oh, better. Yeah. It's like mind blowing, and you can kind of tell than... what things on them were supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, what they actually are. And, yeah. yeah. What like where you can grab things is more obvious now. The fur looks great. Oh, the fur is incredible, um, man. Yeah, using that using that trico. Just technology. look at that. I mean, look how real and yeah. realistic it looks. Yeah, and which also kind of makes it worse because it's like it's like you're killing such soft oh, things. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, like, I think, but that makes the game better, right? Because that's a big part of this game is that inner turmoil you have while mm-hmm. you play it you're like, like uh like what are you doing why right. are you doing it yeah that's the great the thing i always talk about shadow of the colossus is like to me it's one of those things like you could never translate this into any other medium without losing something that makes it great because you're and, doing it right in a video game if you made a movie out of it it couldn't be long enough to really drive home sort of the isolation and the and the journey of it yeah. if you made a tv show about it it would be too repetitive because you aren't playing it and you aren't involved and you aren't there if you made a book about it, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, then he crawled up the back of the Colossus right, again, yeah. and he was almost tired, but then he stood and waited until he wasn't tired anymore. And anyway, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Um, and you also, you don't want the inner monologue of Wander, because uh-huh. you have to, everything in this has to be opaque, basically, yeah. so to not understand quite what you're doing early on. Well, I mean, and you also the, for the end of the game to kind of have the impact that right. it does. Yeah. And you have to have the... Uh, like, I think one of the brilliant things about it is the way you start out with, like, you feel bad killing these things early on because they're not doing anything to you. Yeah, they're, they're just wandering just around. Hanging out, yeah. And, like, they're defending themselves, but still, and, and like, when, and you, you, know, you put that last stab in and the sad music starts and they just fall over in slow motion and you're like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. And then, like, as, as you get to the more difficult and more, more you know, angrier colossi, uh, you hit a couple where it's like, oh, screw you! I, I, you're I, going down. There's a couple yeah. of them where you're like, oh, now we're going. Well, now we're on. You know, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. The the ones that are frustrating are the ones that like maybe you know the, the, maybe the well, I think for a lot of people the first one is the fifth one, which is the bird right. that you have to jump on, and if you don't do it right, it drops you off, and you have to swim all the way back. And like yeah, at a certain point, you're like, you are ready to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, like, all my sympathy. <laughs> or the one I think it's the tenth one, which is like the little bulldog one, yeah, where yeah. you have to like scare him off of the fire and like yep. knock him over and. Like and like ride him like a bull and like and like he just won't hold still long enough for you to stab when you finally come like yeah you're dead it feels good and then as you move into the you're like and then as you kind of move into the late game you're like oh right I'm not this is bad I'm not. <laughs> every time I do this I get dark I get full of more weird black oil X Files stuff and a bunch more like like silhouette demon things stand over me and look at me until I wake up and you're just like Dude, get up that's why this game is so good though yeah. I mean it, the emotional roller coaster it takes you on there aren't many games that mm-hmm. do that and this one i do think he it, like it, like i like you said it's clearer everything's sharper so you can kind of see what they're trying to convey more and i think this conveys wander's character a little better than the old games did in some ways at least on the surface in the sense that 
like it's more clear in this game, I think, if you've never played it before, that like Wander isn't a warrior. Right. Like yeah. he, he doesn't know how to swim very well. Yeah. The sword is too heavy for him. He's pretty good with a bow. Clearly he was maybe a hunter or something. The horse may not even be his. The horse right. is gigantic. Gigantic compared, compared to, to him. him. Like yeah. the horse, all the horses in this game, you know, because whatever villagers show the up scale, there, yeah. the horses are big. But like the horse clearly likes him, but he's not a very good rider. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing is like people don't like the horse controls in this game and all this. Stuff. The thing about this is, is Agro, the horse, she has a mind of her own. And like, I pe- always felt like it was intentional. Definitely. Yeah. It and wasn't like, that the controls were bad. It was right. that they made them that way. But to if you show try you to like, the horse but the thing is like, fighting say, against you. say you're riding through like a canyon or something. If you're trying to make the turns for the horse, the horse is going to hit the wall yeah. because you don't. She doesn't need you to do that. You can just hold the triangle button yeah. and she'll navigate. I think that was part of the problem is people did not realize that it was yeah. kind of an autopilot thing, and yeah, they were she kind has of her fighting own, against yeah. the autopilot. Agro yeah. has her own mind, and she will get you there. Uh, she may not get you there as fast as you want, yeah. and the way you think you wanted to go, but she she, she will help. Like you have to kind of learn to work with the horse. And that's one of the things I love about this game is that there's that, and there's little things you can like. There's a way uh, to stand up while you're riding and yeah. like do tricks and jump up and grab the eagle that flies down around you sometimes. And there's all these weird little things. There's some Last Guardian uh, Easter eggs in this version. Uh, you can find these little coins. I have not found any coins, but you can find these little coins that are references to the Last Guardian. What do they do? Anything? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know if anyone's found them. I mean, probably have, but I haven't really been actively seeking out like you know what happens when you get stuff because I'm I'm busy. I'm playing the game. So is this um, the definitive version of the game? Until they remake it for PS5, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is. But you have no regrets with. Recommending this to someone if they've never played it before. No, if you never play, go ahead and play this, and you're fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a very accurate translation of the original game into modern tech. Okay. I I recommend it wholeheartedly. If you've never played it, I recommend it wholeheartedly. If you have played it, uh, and how much does it, it sell for? Is it full price? It's Forty. Forty. Wow. Forty for the That's regular. That's a great deal, man. Forty for the regular. I think fifty for the. Um, for the uh, special edition, which I believe is sold. I'm out. surprised they sold this. Cheaper, yeah. I mean, the other thing is, it's not that long. Um, yes, yeah, well, like I mean, well, it's like fourteen hours, probably. Oh God, no! I mean, well, I don't First know. First time I played it, it took me that not long. That, well, so I I played it. Now I haven't played this game probably in five years, maybe four or five years. Yeah, and I finished it in four hours and about wow. Minutes. So I'm I'm, I'm oh, about you're to like finish the, it. The shadow of no, the but, but, I'm, but I'm not even like. I mean, I totally forgot how to get to some of them, and like so, yeah. so some of this has been spent wandering. No, I like, spent a, a lot couple of time times. Wandering. I just stared at one. I was like, I don't remember how to fight you at all. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I here. only ever played it once, and it did. It, um, I know it took me over ten hours to beat it my first time. Yeah, and I'm not running around trying to find every lizard tail and every you know because there's, there's glowing lizard tail. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I didn't even really mess with that stuff too and much. The, and fruit on all the tree, all the fruit trees that boost your, they boost your uh, life, and then the lizard tails boost your stamina. The lizard tail, every little shrine you run into has has a, a t- lizard with a glowing white tail. And if you can shoot the, shoot the, here's the thing: if you want to be humane about it, though, you can shoot the tail, and they'll wiggle, and and the tail will break off, and the lizard won't die. Ah. The lizard can just run away, and you can grab the tail. Gotcha. So I try to be very careful to not kill the lizards. <laughs> I just I just shoot the tail off. But you would recommend this to anyone who hasn't played it already, right? Yes. What about people who have played it already? Yes. Yeah? Unless you hate it. I mean, it's not going to change your mind if you don't like the game, I don't think. Uh, although maybe it will because it's, it runs smoother and it's not as much of a slideshow. And I thought the, the original was a little janky. 
Yeah. Do you think it this does it still carry that over into this one? Here and there. I mean, yeah. you, a couple a couple times you're going to run into a, a point where like um, the physics go crazy and something just doesn't work out right. But I think it's more uh, like the more frustrating colossi to me are the ones that you can't control. The uh, like there's the one uh, in the kind of the the geyser pit where you have to like lure it over one of the water spouts yeah, so yeah, it, like it gets one. knocked yeah. over and you have to like that and um um what are the other? oh the the one with the uh the where it has to ram the one that, like the 14th one or has to ram the pillars and stuff yep um i find that they it's it's less frustrating to try and or the the on the water snake where it has to come up and you have to grab onto it while it passes while while get, not getting electrocuted um i have found that and I found this uh, definitely in the PlayStation 3 remaster um, that it was very hard to get them to do what I knew I needed to get them to do. And in this, I feel like they behave uh, in a much more cooperative manner. So I found them... And also, like to put it, put it another way, uh, it in the stat screen, it times how long it takes to beat everybody. Uh, each each Colossus, Colossus and, each, uh, and how many times you've done it and like your best time. And the longest it's taken me to beat any of them is like nine minutes. Oh, jeez. Um, and most of them are like four, four or under. Wow. Um, so once I remember... Maybe you what... have a speedrunning career in your future, Matt. Uh, no, I guarantee you. What is the speedrun record for this? Do you have I any idea? Know. But I, it's, I'll just say it's probably like way, way, way less than I could ever do. Um, I'm not a speedrunner type. Uh but there is a time attack on them, of course. Like uh-huh. when you do when in the new game plus, you can do that. And there's there's three three difficulty levels: easy, normal, and hard. Uh, I find normal pretty easy. It feels pretty much what what normal probably used to be. I don't know what easy is. Easy maybe just less stabs on the titans, probably on the on the, on the colossuses. Colossi. Or maybe it's easier to keep your grip. It doesn't yeah, toss maybe you off that. as quickly. Um, but I think most people have no problem with that. And they're they're the the controls are very customizable. Um, there's classic and there's all the remap stuff, I believe. I've been playing, which is sort of the default, which is not the same as the original default, uh, which only tripped me up once, where they moved, for some reason they moved, uh, aim the bow to R1. Like, attack is R2, and then bow is R1. And that's fine, except there's one Colossus where you have to ride away from it, and when it, like, tries to bite you, you shoot it in the eye. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I had to do, like, three... Uh, I, I, had I, had to hold, yeah. I had to hold the button to run the, ride the horse. I had to steer with the horse. I had to steer... I had to aim with the bow. And then I had to hold this. And it's, like... That was the one time the new control scheme sort of, like, tripped me up. But otherwise, uh-huh. it seems to work pretty much how it used to work. Is it out now? Today? No, it's out uh, next week. Next week. So next Tuesday? Is that right? Uh, should be, yeah. I think it's the 8th. Okay. Or not the 8th. Is it the 8th? God, I can't remember. Well, the, if the 5th is on Monday. Uh, this must be the 6th. The, I want to say it's the 6th then. Yeah. So Tuesday. Okay. Right? Yeah. Full, full recommendation from Matt Kyle. I think so. Yeah, 40 six. bucks. That's a pretty good deal. If you haven't played it, I, I'll tell you, having not played this version, if you have not played it, go buy this for $40. I would even buy, if you haven't played it before, I would even buy the PS2 version for $40, which you can probably get for like 10 or something now. I'm uh, now maybe. I mean, for a while it was pretty expensive. Yeah. But uh, this will probably devalue it a bit. Um, Prepare to cry. It is. A, yeah, it's a, it's a effective game. I mean, you kind of see where maybe like Sony's predilection for a sort of emotionally driven indie games comes from. For sure. For, you know, the, the critical acclaim this gathered. Back you can in see the DNA of this game in games like Journey. And, yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of like, you know, 
especially if you kind of turn off the the dormin hints where they kind of if you stand around and don't figure something out long enough they sort of start giving you hints about yeah. how to beat the colossa like it just kicks you out there like they've added some sort of like some stuff that tells you like oh use this button to do this and this and this but if you you know if you turn off the hints on that like it just kicks you out in the world and you're just like okay figure it out to figure out where you got to go like and like you can kind of pick up on the clues and sort of like you know you have the sword that tells you which direction right. you need to go and yeah. stuff and like but you got to find your way through the terrain you got to find your way around things and like some people might find that boring because it's, it's sea of thieves style i guess like long you know long treks there are long trips in this game but like i find the world just like so interesting and isolating and and weird and and beautiful that like i don't mind that and and it was funny because I was sitting there playing that. I was playing, I, you know, Sony sent this to me and it actually came the day after I got my diagnosis. And I was sitting there thinking, like, should I be even be playing this game? Because I was, you know, my mind's going worst case scenario yeah, of course. All, the, all the whole time. And I'm playing this, like, and I'm sitting there, play, you know, riding a digital horse through a landscape trying to get to this next thing. And I'm like, should I be playing a game that spends, has so much downtime and so much... Th-? And then I kind of like, it kind of turned the corner in my head where I'm just like, no, I'm like getting there is the, is the interesting part and like navigating these things and figuring out where that goes. And it was sort of like this thing where it's like, you know, if, if, I, were, if, if I were like to know that I was going to have you know, limited time, do I even want to be playing this? And the answer was yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do still. Even though I played it like nine <clears throat> previous times, I'm still going to, I'm still playing it. I'll probably play it again once I finish the first playthrough as well, just to see... If I can do those time attacks again. All right. So there you go. Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 4 gets full marks from one of its biggest fans. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about... I was, I was ready. I was ready to call it out if they, <laughs> if they screwed it up. But I didn't think they were going to screw it up. Yeah. And they didn't, which is great. No. I mean, that studio is turning into, like, the place to go for... Yeah. Bluepoint knows how to capture a feel. Yeah. That's for sure. Like, they... Like they it feels like it was made by Team Eco. Yep. Like, it feels like it was made by the people who created it. Yeah. Which is, I think, the highest accomplishment. Compl- that's the highest compliment you yeah. can give, give to a studio that does that kind of work. Yeah, because that is not a, a given. Like, no. That is not... Especially a, with that game. Yeah. For real. Like, especially deal. in the sense that they managed to kind of... They kind of managed to recreate the jank without making it prevalent in how it controls. Like, it's still... It does feel a little smoother, but it's still not quite... Still feels like... Shadow there. of the Colossus. And, all, and, and you know, it goes in with the character. The character the character is not very good at this. Like, he's he's making it up as he goes along, and he's just doing what he's got to do. And the fact that he barely, you know, he can barely swing that sword is part of it. It's 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 It really is a great piece of work. It's their best, I think it's Team Eco's best work. Agreed. 100%. If all you've played is Last Guardian, don't judge Shadow <laughs> of the Colossus. But I, I was underwhelmed by... That. And also, I should say... I enjoy Shadow of the Colossus way more than yeah. The Last Guardian. And there, there are, every once in a while, you'll hit some camera problems in this, but it, it ain't like The Last Guardian in yeah. terms of like where I can con- I constantly feel you like... You get lost in the feathers. Things. Yeah. Like, this is, uh, this is a real good game. All right. Let's talk next about Paragon. So, early last week, Epic comes out and says, Hey, we're not going to be supporting Paragon as much as we used to. We're going to divert our resources over to Fortnite. And everyone's like, hmm, that's interesting. Three days later, mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? We're just going to completely cancel Paragon. And we're going to put everything on Fortnite. The first thing I want to say about this is it is absolutely the right decision. Epic is doing exactly what it should be doing. Fortnite is turning into this pop culture phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I am a 
Pittsburgh Steelers fan, one of the Steelers' young players. He's like 20. He just turned 21. His name's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He is over the moon over this game. He's on social media. He went and got like a Fortnite hammer and has been putting up these viral videos of him like playing Fortnite in like the real world. Like, <laughs> But that's where Fortnite is. Like it is freaking huge. It is like the game on college campuses. It has exploded. So the first thing I want to say is absolutely right move by Epic to put everything into Fortnite. It is just blowing up. The bigger question becomes though, is the MOBA market just this closed door? Mm-hmm. Because the thing about Paragon is, look, tons of MOBAs have come and gone. But the problem was they are always trying to out-league league. Or they're trying to out-Dota-Dota. Dota. Paragon was unlike any other MOBA on the market. It was this third-person, action-based. It felt like you're playing a typical action-adventure, but you have a role and you're playing on a team. It had a twist. It had a, a unique element to it. And it was very well executed, very polished. Um, it received tons of marketing support and promotional support. There are more trailers on Sifted for this game than probably 85% of all games on the website. It has just been marketed and promoted out the butt and done well. Like The trailers that they're putting out, in fact, Jeremy Hoffman, I believe, worked on a lot of the media for this. You know, the mm-hmm. guy that we worked with at G4 and then I yep. kept working with at GT afterwards. Um, well, they, I mean, he, he he went over there to be work, to produce video for them, right? Because it, that was their plan, right? And this. he worked on Paragon a lot, and now I'm guessing he's moving over to Fortnite or yeah. whatever. But the question I want to answer with this topic is: Is it a closed system, the MOBA? Um, I don't know. Like it sure, I mean, se- it sure the seems storm like it's only been marginally. It sure seems like you know, it's done what it's going to do, and I guess. I mean, I understand the frustration with people who like this game. And There's how Smite. Was, Probably Smite is the one that's closest yeah, to Yeah, Smite did a, is doing okay. But it's like, I understand why they don't want to, you know, if, if Fortnite's doing so well, why sit here and try to squeeze blood out of this MOBA stone anymore? You know, like, like you're, you're never going to get there. You know, no matter how, because the, the people who like this, this genre, this subgenre, have probably chosen their game by now. And... Like it's 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 an uphill battle that that you know Fortnite has subverted because Fortnite's the only game in town other than PUBG. I think that the difficulty that MOBAs are having is that is esports because for people to adopt MOBAs, there has to be an active yeah. esports scene around it because these MOBAs aren't really games; they're sports. Like it's like. League of Legends is the NFL, and Dota is Major League Baseball, or whatever. If, if you're going to get serious about these games, why would you play a game where, if you get really good at it, you have no outlet to go pro? Mm-hmm. So there's very little incentive to play games that aren't Dota, that aren't League of Legends, that aren't Heroes of the Storm, well, playing, and that aren't Smite. because they're fun, Right. Right. (laughs) But they are fun. I mean, to me, they are fun. But why would you just play a game that when... I mean, look, Dota and League are fun, or they wouldn't be as popular as Mm -hmm. they are in the first place. But why would you spend all your time playing a game that no one else is playing, where you have no upward mobility if you do end up getting really good at it? Why wouldn't you just play the other game that is also fun, where you don't have that glass ceiling, so to speak? I guess if you like this better... 
I, I only played like two games of Paragon. I didn't find it particularly compelling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But I, I don't like MOBAs anyway. Yeah. It was better than Battleborn. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that much. Better than a poke in the eye. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if look, if I'm a developer or a publisher right now, or put yourself in their shoes, would you ever sign a MOBA onto your... Not at this point. Onto your imprint? No. It's, it's, I feel like it's just game over for that genre. Like, you, you have these established sports now, and it's just mm. very hard to break in. Even Blizzard, with all its IP... And rolling all of that IP into Heroes of the Storm, it still is just kind of on the fringe. Mm -hmm. Even with all the money and resources that Blizzard has and putting stuff on ESPN, Heroes of the Storm is still the niche MOBA compared to League and Dota. And uh, Meanwhile, like if, you know, if you're going to refocus your resources on Fortnite, you're basically Dota in that equation. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So why... Why toil in the, the in the as the fifth wheel in the mines when you could be you know dog number two maybe moving up to be dog number one? Yeah, I honestly Fortnite might be dog number one already, man. Like mm. it's and I think a big part of it is that it was on consoles like way before PUBG was. Also, it's free. It it is absolutely free. Um, and like I said, college students obviously mm -hmm. you know what it's like in college. I was dirt poor, man. Like. I scraped together my nickels oh, yeah. on Friday night to buy a 40 of You scraped your nickels on e. Friday night? What? Nickels. Okay. Nickels, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> the To buy hell? a 40 of old what English What was shit? going on at Temple University? <laughs> yeah, you start Jeez. looking into couches and stuff. <laughs> like, you're poor when you're in college. Most college students are. And so, yeah, free game. That's great. They're going to jump on it. And honestly, PUBG just came to the party too late for that crew. So... I honestly think Fortnite, in a year's time, is going to be, and it might already be, but I don't want to make that declarative of a statement right now, but I do think in a year that Fortnite might be mm -hmm. the standard. Well, PUBG certainly saw it that way. Yeah. Considering how Bluehole reacted, that's our game mode. It's like, mm. Well, now you have Paladins that are just blatantly ripping it yeah. off. It's using Paladins well, Battlegrounds. I mean, sort of what Paladins does. Yeah. So. <laughs> you're right. First, you're right. First, it rips off Overwatch and then it rips off PUBG. What's next? Mm. I mean, those are the two most innovative shooters from the last yeah. like half decade. So I think it's done a good job plucking already. But, uh,. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the right move on Epic's part. And best of all, Epic has been really awesome through this whole thing. They're refunding everybody's money. Yeah, that's the craziest part. Is it like, and like when you do that, I'm like, how much money is Fortnite making that you can afford to do that? That much. That's crazy. And then like there's like things I saw like some guy was like was like what about me I have, I'm dedicated to the to the, the the Paragon thing and he shows he showed a picture and it's like it's like a stack of physical copies of Paragon like twenty copies of I'm like what are you doing What are you doing What was that Why? Did he buy him for all his friends because I they wouldn't know. play it and he's like Well if I buy you a copy will you play it? Maybe or maybe it was like that thing where it's like. It's like that thing where, like, oh, if I buy a bunch of copies, it'll help them? That maybe. Like, I forgot Paragon even went to retail, actually. Yeah, so did I. Don't, they I, did I don't make a box copy of it. I would forgotten about that. <laughs> it reminded me of that thing where, like, there was that movement of, like, ten people or whatever, where they're like, we're all going to go see Justice League six times yeah. to save it. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> mm. Yeah, your $100 isn't going to do that. <laughs> That's funny. But, to, look, this is a case of, look... All games, every publisher has a game that ends up tanking. Right. And to me, Epic has 
basically knocked it out of the park with how do you deal with something like that? Especially games like a MOBA where people get invested in the characters and maybe they spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. DLC and things like that. Epic, to me, has handled this about as well as you possibly could. It's a tough decision, obviously. Epic put a lot into this game. It wasn't an easy decision for them to just totally kind of abandon it. But if you're going to have to do that or you decide you have to do that, I think Epic has handled it the best way possible. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, yeah, it's disappointing that you don't get to play the game you like anymore, but like to, you get all your money back, that's a pretty good... You know, and because they are ending it prematurely when it comes oh, down for to sure. it. You know, I mean, a MOBA <laughs> ending it in ten years is ending it prematurely. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, that genre is completely different from almost any other genre in the industry, without a doubt. And people get into it more than almost any other genre because they feel like this kinship with the character that they play as. And I, I, I agree with that. I feel that way with character characters that I play as in League or Dota. So. Um, I do feel bad for people who, the few, who did really get into it. Uh, but I think e- Epic is doing a good job of sort of making it good and mm-hmm. taking care of those people. These people got to play a game that they really love for a couple years, and it ultimately ended up being completely free of charge. So when bad stuff happens, uh, you, all you can hope for is that the publisher handles it as well as they can, and I think Epic's done that. Yeah. All right, and let's move that, along. It seems like you know it's a pretty good reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like they got, they got a. It's hard to begrudge Epic for they that. They got a company changing hit potential hit on their hands, and they need to they need to chase that. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so let's move on. We're going to talk next about something Matt mentioned earlier as hogwash, mm-hmm. uh, but it has been making the rounds the last week in the industry, and that is, I don't know if you want you want to say rumors or not, a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Polygon did report it like as if it's fact. It said our sources or whatever. Yeah, sources close to or whatever. Right. Yeah. So Polygon, this wasn't just an editorial where it says, hey, what if Microsoft no. decided to buy Valve or EA or PUBG Corp? This was Polygon saying our sources say that Microsoft is shopping right now and mm-hmm. these are the publishers that it's targeting. Yeah, but the question becomes like, well, are they actively pursuing that, or is like did someone say it in a board meeting? You know, like, like, you don't because look, I mean, some of these like look, Microsoft buying EA, that doesn't sound tremendously crazy to me. Yeah, um, not at all. Microsoft no. buying Valve, like what? What does that even look like? Why would Valve <laughs> sell themselves to any? Like, well, you're you, basically buying PC gaming, right? But like, also, it's if like, you buy, like, Valve. what does that look like? You go in to sit down with Gabe, and like, this is our offer. If you have any counter offer to, uh, that, that, that you know you think you would prefer, like, you know, we will hear any counter offer. And Gabe's like, Mars. Yeah, I, I want, want Mars. Mars. <laughs> and like, you what? You heard me. <laughs> Deliver me the deed to Mars and you can have Steam. Like, why would you ever sell Steam well, to anybody? Well, because he's old. I mean, Gabe is getting up there, man. Well, like, not, he's, he's not the healthiest right, guy. But it's not like he has to sit in a room and crank the machine to make it run. Like, but, he does just... he, but there's a certain point where, I mean, it's, everyone's different, obviously. You can't ever just say everybody thinks the same way about anything. But from my perspective, there's a certain point in my life where if I were Gabe... I'd be like later, man. Like he—he he doesn't even need to sell the company to do that, though. He doesn't. He's worth billions. But what is he gonna do with the company? Sit back and be the figurehead, be the Stan Lee guy or something. I don't know. But it, I mean, whatever look, the hell he wants. Like that's I know, what. But it—I mean, 
is he just gonna give it to the employees of Valve when he decides to? He doesn't want to do it anymore. Like I, I feel like that would he's gonna have to sell. That it would shock me less than him selling it to Microsoft. Yeah, because he did not leave there on the best terms. No, but he did work there for quite a right, while. Right, but it's also like you know, do you do you just hand your baby this thing you've built up over to the people that you originally left, you know, to make this thing? Like it. I just don't... The idea of, of Microsoft buying Valve is hilariously ridiculous to me. Like, I just don't... But think... how does that end for Gabe? For what? Microsoft buying Valve? No, just, or just Valve someone in Valve. general. Like, what, how, what is the end game for Gabe? I don't know. How old is he? 50-something? I think he might be older than that. He's got a ways to go. And it's not like it's... If, you know, maybe some people love what they do. You know, maybe he loves working at Valve. Maybe it's a cool place. At least it was when I visited a couple times. Like... You know, people retire because they don't want to do their job anymore. They, they're, they're tired from working so hard. But, like, you know, some people just, like, that's what they thrive on. Some people, when they retire, it kills them. You I know? mean, I'll say one thing. Like, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what kind of a workaholic Gabe I is. I do not know Gabe. I mean, he's one of the few kind of luminaries in the industry that I don't feel like I have a handle on what kind of person he is. Well, you can email him. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You can just email him and he'll reply or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's always been kind of a recluse. Like, he would come out at E3 and he'd do his demo for Half-Life mm-hmm. 2 and show the gravity gun. And then he'd go away and you wouldn't see him again until E3. Now he doesn't even go to E3. He really is just kind of a hermit, for lack of a better description. He doesn't really go out. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um I really don't have a read on him at all as far as what kind of a guy he is. I know he's really freaking smart, mm-hmm. without a doubt. He's probably a genius, like a certified genius. But I don't have a read on what kind of person he is and what he enjoys outside of his work or if he's a workaholic or... Mm. I don't know. But all he I know is, likes video games. for me personally, I've learned over the last couple of years that life is really freaking short. And there is no way if I was in his position that I would work past 55 or 60 years old. I just would not. Um, but you're right. Then it becomes the issue of how do you pass the torch and who do you pass the torch to? How do you even give your company to your employees? Like, mm. I don't know. I, uh, I mean, you can still own the company and have other people run the company for you. Right. I mean, but what's the point of owning it still? You get all the money. But he already has more money than the next 40 generations of his family could ever spend. Even if he have a, Does he have kids? I don't know. I don't even know if he's married. I don't even know. I have no clue. Maybe? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I haven't done my research on Gabe's personal life. Yeah, me either. But, I mean, he it's all... Look, baseline right now, what do you think that they would, he could sell Valve for? $20 billion? Easily. Right. More. I mean... 20,000 millions you're of selling, dollars. You're selling an effective monopoly on PC gaming right. sales. Right. I mean, you could never spend that in and 500 there's, lifetimes. There's, there's this Half-Life thing that nobody makes anymore. Right. And I mean, that's the other part of it to me is that, that makes me want to have him sell it. Is that IP that's sitting there, they're never going to do anything with. And if, you, if he sold that's, it all... That's a monkey's paw wish right there. That's a, that's, a, that's a Duke Nukem Forever waiting to happen. No. No, I mean, th- there's a publisher out there who can make a good Half-Life. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying it's EA or, or Microsoft or whoever. There's a publisher out there who could make a good Half-Life game. And so all that IP is just going to sit there and just go to waste forever? Like, well, maybe there that... would be advantages to him selling Valve. And he may not be interested in making games anymore. It doesn't seem that he is. And maybe that might be something to him. He's like, I created these worlds and these universes. 
and I really don't have an interest in doing anything with them anymore. Maybe right, but like that, you don't need to sell them to right. do that. Well, my point you is, just maybe license you them. license it, or maybe you do just sell the IP and you keep sort of the core business mm-hmm. of Valve. I don't know. Um, you license Half Life to Microsoft, and right after the Crackdown Three guys finish that game, they can make Half Life. Oh God, no! Oh go. God, no! <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the other targets. EA. Mm. That one makes the most sense to me. It feels like a pretty built-in infrastructure to buy, and now you've got a big game developer infra- network you can work with. The thing is, the thing is about the EA thing is it would you know people talk about oh they get the sports stuff and Madden and and this and Star Wars it's like yeah none of that matters. That would all get renegotiated because the NFL and the NHL and FIFA. And Lucasfilm did not sign up with EA to have all their games on one system. They signed up to have their brand spread across all of gaming. So you would have to re- uh, renegotiate that, or it depends on the deal that or EA keep signed, e- or keep EA separate from Microsoft. It depends on the deal that EA signed. If EA signed a deal with Disney that said, "Okay, you get most of your money based upon how many units sell." Then I can see Disney being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We need to sign everything because we make all our money off of how many are sold." If it's just a pure dollar deal where EA just said, here's $2 billion, let us just make games. Mm. Then I think Disney would be like, okay, as long as you're willing to pay us the same thing that EA paid us, or then we're yeah. going to make the same money. We trust you to make good games, obviously, probably even more than they would trust EA to do it. Well, I don't, see, I don't think that's going to... So you... The, as soon as that you sign up with EA, once EA changes hands to Microsoft and Microsoft is one of the hardware makers, the situation changes to the point that all those deals have to be renegotiated. Like, you can't expect... All the licenses. Yeah, yeah. everything has to be renegotiated. You know, you know, at the very least, it, it would probably spell the end of the exclusive NFL deal with EA. Because unless Microsoft was, for some reason, willing to put out a PlayStation version, and all, you know, unless, unless they made it so, like, EA kind of re- maintains sort of this second party status maybe where like they still make games for all the platforms but like the xbox version gets special stuff or something but i just don't feel like you spend the kind of money to acquire a company like it would cost to acquire ea and not have it be yours and not have it be on your platform i mean that's the idea right um it just doesn't quite add up okay you can let that footage roll now sam Sam is wearing his Patriots gear today, I might add. For the, oh, is that what's happening for the, here? Uh, I see. Yeah, this, I, see. <laughs> yeah, I knew it right away. I was like, I know what he's doing over there. <laughs> Brady, 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 Brady. Yeah, it's but like, this weekend, obviously. So I get, it's like the funny thing. So it's like buying EA is kind of the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, obviously you'd want all that stuff on Microsoft, on the Xbox. But like buying EA would change the landscape of EA to the point that you wouldn't even recognize what you're buying anymore. Yeah. Um, because once you eliminate the stuff that EA makes with licenses, you have need for speed. But I think if you buy EA, those licenses do carry over, though. But the licenses, or the agreements that they sign may stipulate that those games do have to come out on PS4. Mm-hmm. And it could be a case where they work out the rest of that contract that they sign with the leagues, and then when it's over, they have to renegotiate. And then mm-hmm. perhaps the NF, which may be good. It may be good that the NFL, that again, be... opens up its license to 2K or some other publisher. Yeah, I mean, it does end the exclusivity thing for NFL, almost certainly, I would think. The, yeah. the, the question becomes, like, are those deals put in place with some kind of language that says, like, if the ownership or the situation of the company changes drastically, you know, 
we all get to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And I would think that that probably does exist. Um, like if, because it doesn't make sense that you would have some kind of locked in thing where like, okay, Microsoft buys them. Now they work for Xbox. Now Madden can only come out on the Xbox. Like that's great for Microsoft, but it's terrible for the NFL because the NFL wants their product on all available to all NFL fans like regardless of what system they have. And look, that you're absolutely you're right. That's what would happen is that the license would probably get opened up to other publishers like 2K. Maybe they bring back NFL 2K again, but bottom line is at the end of the day, Madden would absolutely be 100% right. exclusive to Microsoft platforms. Right. I think that, there would be other NFL games And made. along with FIFA and if all If someone wanted to make them, would someone want you think would 2K make another NFL series? I think series? it might. Yeah, I think it absolutely might. Um, that's a, that is a game changer for Microsoft, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the EA acquisition makes the most sense. Um, can Microsoft afford to buy EA? Absolutely, yes. it absolutely can. Um, EA's financials have not been great. If you're looking in the traditional console space perspective, mm-hmm. um, EA a lot is this is what makes even more sense. EA is also turning into a services corporation. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it just put out its financials. It absolutely sold, drove way more revenue off of digital purchases and services than it did off sales of packaged goods. So already EA is kind of headed in the direction that Microsoft appears to be heading in. So I think it's a perfect fit. I agree some of the contracts, it might get a little weird as they try mm-hmm. to negotiate like these exclusive deals with the NHL and... I mean, NBA is already made by multiple publishers, so it would really be NHL, which nobody else wants to make an NHL game anyway. Yeah, I don't think NHL is exclusive so much as nobody else. It's like MLB The Show. It's like just no one else wants to make a baseball game. It really is just the NFL and... And Lucasfilm. And and FIFA. FIFA FIFA would not be happy with just putting games out on one. No, especially, I mean, Europe is Sony territory. And the other part of it, too, is that you have Konami making great soccer games. So that could get interesting, but... Overall, for Microsoft, it would be a huge boon to just have that Madden name well, only well, and on also Xbox. Just, just to have the infrastructure of this company in place. Yeah. Well, to be fair, your computer's had a thing like, do you want to update for like an hour? Oh, I didn't notice that. I hadn't looked at my computer. So my PC, this is great. My PC just decided to restart. Eh, it'll right? be back by the time we're done talking about Monster. I right? actually doubt it will. <laughs> but it also closed out all my freaking tabs. So, uh, so last, PUBG Corp. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, that is the third supposed target. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the worst idea. I think it's too... I mean, I think Fortnite has proven that like it's too fragile right It now. absolutely is. Um, Paladins has proven they just stole its yeah. name. And look, that may go through the courts, and that may get, all get shut down ultimately or whatever. But, um, I mean, so far it's kind of been proven that it's just an idea. And that mm-hmm. anybody can take the idea and make it better. Um, buying PUBG Corp to me would be a huge mistake because right now they're also going to ask for a premium for it because it's the whole strike while the iron's hot, the hot thing, but they already kind of have it exclusively on their platform. Why would they bother now buying the company that makes it? They have whatever, you know, it's clearly it's a timed exclusive kind of thing. So it sounds like they have enough time to see how this plays out and whether they want to buy it. And the price could drop, you know, substantially by then because I think... 
you know, we did talk earlier, like late, you know, later in mid last year, that like Microsoft buying, you know, Bluehole and PUBG would have been like a boon for them. But I think that was before Fortnite proved that like you, it wasn't necessarily PUBG so much it was this game mode. And if you absolutely, do it, if you if you give somebody that game mode in a different flavor, you can, you know. You can you can muscle them aside a little bit, and they have. Yeah, in absolutely. part because they're giving it away free. But yeah, um, to me, the one that makes the most sense is EA. Um, the advantages that you have. I mean, I, I Valve obviously is the ideal purchase. You're cornering a market, an entire platform, and the oldest and most popular platform mm-hmm. on planet Earth. And all it you just, do, all you do is integrate Steam into your Xbox, and boom. It just seems completely infeasible for that to ever happen. I just don't think Valve wants to sell. Right. There's no way you can leverage Valve to make them sell. Because it's so, a because it's right. a it's a private privately company. held company. So with EA, that's not the case. Like Microsoft could absolutely just take try to start a hostile takeover and buy EA. Yeah. Just like Vivendi's tried to do with Ubisoft. Like the only way, I mean, unless you bring Mars to Gabe, like you ain't getting Valve. <laughs> I have I have no proof that what what Gabe actually wants for Valve is Mars, <laughs> but I feel like it's probably worth by Mars. a reasonable price. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say if you equate the value of the two together, it's pretty close. Yeah, and assuming he squirreled away his money wisely, um, yeah. it's all just gravy. So why not have a planet? Yep. And then everybody has to pay him to land on it. And then they'll discover that there's some kind of crazy yeah. like resource che- on checkmate, Earth. Elon. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on to our final topic of the show. We're going to talk about Monster Hunter World. Matt, the big thing about Monster Hunter World, at least as it's being not even just marketed by Capcom, but also kind of covered in the press and a lot of the follow-up editorials I've seen after the reviews came out. Oh, by the way, the review scores for this game, holy cow. Very high. Yeah, even as somebody who drafted it on my fantasy team, I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like I played it a lot. I enjoyed it. To me, the scores seem pretty high. Um, what do you make of it? So the the the, the I, I kind of jumped off of my initial thought, which was that what everyone's billing it as is a kinder, gentler, gentler, more user friendly, more accessible monster hunter. Mm-hmm. And I'll be perfectly honest with you: the amount of time that I've played it, I really don't know if that's the case. I can't see. A lot of ways that they've changed the game to make it easier to or to play or understand. Uh, they definitely haven't changed it to make it easier to understand. I don't think. I does feel like it. It plays a little more fluidly to me. I haven't played a. I haven't played a Monster Hunter game since Try, on the Wii, um, which was fine. Uh, I'm not a huge Monster Hunter fan. I picked this up mainly because I'm interested to see because like, they talked about how they changed it and how it's going to be like. Monster Hunter for new people and for, you know, you know that. and it kind of is. It's, what do you see that makes it more it just does, it accessible? Doesn't, it doesn't feel as stiff. It, it kind of lays out what you're doing a little better. It, like, you know, the glow, was it the scout flies, is that what they're called? Yeah. Like, it, you know, there's a, there's a way to kind of guide you. There's ways to guide you to where you need to go. It gives you more information in a moment-to-moment sense, which I think is kind of needed. Um, the main thing I have with it is, like, it still hasn't done anything to make me care. And 
it does, I think, play better than the one the previous ones I've played. It, you know, I get the combo system. I think it system. feels exactly the same. <laughs> no, I think it definitely plays better than the older ones uh, in terms of like the combo system, the way you're building up the the meter to kind of hit a certain point, and then you use the the R two stuff to to complete that combo to level up your meter. So the aura changes. You get up to the red. You can use like the stronger moves. Like I like that. I think that's a that's an interesting way to do it. You're kind of playing this little mini game while you're trying to not get hit by these giant things. Um, but like, here's the thing, um, a lot of times when I've been playing this, I've been like annoyed by the fact that the combat isn't as good as Dark Souls and like have kind of felt like maybe I should just go play Dark Souls (laughs) and like, well, these are two entirely different games. Right. Co-op. But you're but MMO light. But you're, you're like, look, if you're fucking lock-ons, you got a lock on your game, make it work. Yeah. Like I'm tired of missing the 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 monster because my guy isn't positioned in the same like linear like sh- like direction as the camera. That's like, been a problem with this series. It's always been a problem forever. with this series. Yeah. yeah. Um and like I just it's a weird thing where like I don't feel like I have the motivation to go kill these things and I feel kind of bad about it. Like, there's early on, there's a thing where you have to kill this, like, little raptor thing that's like, in this camp you're supposed to establish. And I chased it, and I beat it up, and I, I heard it enough that it would just sort of limp away as, like, after... Well, and there's I, different stages for And I had creature. to, like, chase it down to, like, you know, kill... And, like, I just felt bad that I was chasing this limping thing that I mean, was just, trying to run away from me. Like it's That has been in this game for a while. I know, but it's, like, I don't like it. Like I, I, I'm, I'm the person that when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, I calculated exactly how many turkeys I had to kill to, to craft it because I don't want to kill things that aren't trying to kill me. And like it's just Shadow of the Colossus is your favorite game of all time. Yeah, but they're demons. <laughs> also, like it deals with the fact that that is, you know, it it plays that as a sad moment when you kill these things. That's part of the 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 frisson, the, the 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 emotional frisson of that game. There's none of that here. Everyone's just like, let's go kill things. You know, it's like, it's, it, like in Carve them up and no, I think there rip is their a... eggs out of their bodies, and so we can make helmets. No, you know, I like... think there is absolutely like a sympathetic ele- ang- element and angle to this series and this and this release in particular. I think there absolutely is. Um, well, I have been getting starting to get badgered by the environmental research guys to like start capturing them alive. Yep, which, because uh... that's what people don't realize. So here's why I don't think it's any more accessible to noobs is because I think noobs don't realize what this game is. The game is not just finding a monster and just attacking it till it dies. There's a whole tracking and trapping element to the game. And the, like you are talking earlier about the, what are the flies called? Scout flies. Scout flies. So the scout flies don't just appear. Mm-hmm. You have to find the tracks of the creature. Right. And once you find five tracks, then the scout flies appear and they'll start guiding you th- that way. Um, then once you actually start to fight the monster, a big part of the game is using traps to hold the monster down. And then you can either capture the monster or just take that opportunity to attack the monster and ultimately kill it and then pillage it for whatever resources that you can get. But there, to me, there is absolutely... You do spend a lot of time staring at monster yeah. ass. There's clipping. There's a lot of <laughs> clipping in the game. I mean, I don't know, man. I pl- I've played a good bit of Monster Hunter, and this game feels pretty much exactly the same to me. Is well, all sure, the other well, monster certainly the games. gameplay loop is more or less the same, but I think it, it it's because I always had a problem with just my main problem was always that it felt so stiff and annoying. I'm using a long sword; it feels like a pretty good balance between speed and responsiveness. Um, like I'm pretty happy with with how the the character works right now. 
Um, my main thing is like it's just such a giant grind. And it takes forever. For not you have to hack each creature like a thousand times. Oh, it goes on and on, and like it's probably faster with more people. And like, and the online thing is. Extremely, I mean, I played with full parties. The like, online thing is extremely poorly explained. It like, is. The whole the, game is poorly explained, though. The tutorials aren't great. Like, you can go and read a bunch of rungs. Who does that, though? Who goes and reads the rungs of text that are in games? Like, I play it. When I get to an impasse, then I will go into the text and try to find it, find that one little thing that I need help with. But I'm not going to just sit there with my TV on and read, like, 5,000 words of description on how to play the game. But you're right. The online system, the matchmaking system, is really obtuse and weird to use. Um, I have not got all that far into the game, I will admit. I've only played probably, like, nine hours or something like that so far. I'm, I'm probably and I am having fun. But when you're talking about a game that's getting like 9.5s and 9.2s, that yeah, seems a little sure. generous to me. Oh, yeah. And like, I mean, I like the, my favorite And this thing, is a game I drafted, by the way. My favorite thing about it <coughs> is the expedition stuff where you just go out, wander the world, and find things and look at clues and kill things if you want and track, track the big monsters and they'll wander around. Like, like, I like the open world kind of exploration. There's more to do in the world uh, than there were was in at least the last one I played. Like, there's, like, it feels like kind of it has that sort of Xeno, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X sort of ecosystem thing happening in a way that I don't think they've really pulled off to this degree before in the series. So that's cool. Um, like, I like wandering but around But the level design, stuff. it's like... The game feels old to me, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, you can still see the seams between each area. And Not each only thing. that, but it's just very linear. It's like you have these, like, tubes that connect you mm -hmm. to this open area. It's like open area, and then this very narrow path that you have to run right, down. Right, but like, I mean, that's, that's just Monster Hunter. Right, though. but that's my point, is that there was such a stink made by Capcom and by journalists, in all honesty, talking about how drastically that this had been changed. I just don't see it. Well, it didn't look any different to me, really, when they were showing the trailers and stuff, either. But it's just, it looks better, and it's got really nice animation of the yeah. monsters. I mean, it's and uh, the hands down of the monsters best. is great. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't really got a lot of console versions of Monster Hunter. So, no. for a lot of people who are fans, I mean, they've got to be all over this. But the way this was sold, and in all honesty, I've kind of talked it up after playing it at E3, was it like, hey, if you didn't like Monster Hunter in the past, you might actually like this one. I don't know that I agree with myself now at this point after playing the final version and getting to sit down and play 10 well, hours of as it. As someone who didn't like Monster, hasn't liked Monster Hunter, I don't feel like it's changing my mind. Right. Yeah, I guess that's the way I would put it. And I think what's happening right now is a lot of people are seeing these crazy high review scores and they're like, oh my gosh, like Monster Hunter's never got a 9 or better. Maybe in Japan it did, but not in the US. And so usually a game that gets like a nine or higher is something that everyone's going to at least like. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you've played Monster Hunter in the past and you didn't enjoy it, I don't think you're going to enjoy this one either. I feel like there's a fair, a fair assessment. Like I still, I, I appreciate what it's doing. I just don't, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, like it still leaves me a little, little cold. Well, there's all these weird moments in the game too where the terrain, like, and you do all this stuff to get this moments. stupid thing, kill this monster, and it takes forever, and you finally get it, and you carve it four times, and now I can make a boot. Yeah. Great. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I mean. You're right, though. Yeah, the rewards like, like, that you get for it are very It's like a giant win. MMO grind married to, like, Dark Souls combat gone stupid. Like, it's, it, I just don't, 
I hate games too that after you finally defeat like the big creature or whatever, you then have to like you only have like five seconds to gather stuff and then it just like spits you out and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't mm -hmm. get to like enjoy my loot. Like this is one of the features that I like, is how you can actually kind of board the the monsters right. and attack them and, and weaken them so other people and it distracts them so your, your team members can attack them and there are little tweaks here and there. I just don't feel like it really changes the overall yeah. feel of playing. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of stuff to learn, tons of systems oh, yeah. to learn, and like figure out how everything works. I mean, it's it's you can't say they didn't give you content with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm ten hours in. I feel like I barely even. Yeah. I haven't even scratched the surface. Like my finger is getting towards the surface right now to start scratching it. It yeah, definitely feel feels like a gigantic game. I definitely feel like I mean if you if you're already a Monster Hunter fan like I don't like what are you even doing? Oh yeah, why you, you should like, be playing right now. It's Friday night. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're a Monster Hunter fan, don't even think twice, man. Buy buy it without question. But I think the big question with this game was for people who have not liked Monster Hunter, is this the one that gets them into it? And I don't think it is. No, I feel pretty much about I feel about the same about this as I did about Monster Hunter Try, which is like yeah, cool. I'm gonna play this by the way, Matt. Like, I am, I am already, I can see, I am starting to get hooked into the game. And I am probably going to be spending all weekend playing it. I played Monster Hunter Try for well over 100 hours. I am someone who typically does like Monster Hunter. And I can see already that it's got its hooks into me, and I'm going to play this game. But I think people who have played Monster Hunter in the past know what it is, know what they're getting into, and they know whether they're going to like this game or not. So I felt like... Mm -hmm. The discussion we needed to have was, what about everybody else? Yeah, it's not it's not a, not convincing to me. It's uh, it still feels like a really pretty version of Fantasy Star Online, which is not a compliment. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> and, well, I, I to me that would be a compliment because I love Fantasy Star Online. But. but it's like I'd rather just play Fantasy Star Online, and if I wanted to fight giant things with like slow weapons, I would play Dark Souls. Yeah. And at least in Dark Souls, like, I don't have to, like, kill 14 of the damn things to get enough to, like, make the suit of armor. <laughs> or to make yourself a new carrying pouch. Because that's the thing is, like, you yeah, know... The progression the, in this game is really slow. The, but the way, Monster like, Hunter's the, always been that way. Right, because, like, your character doesn't develop your weapons and your gear do. And, yep. like, so killing that monster doesn't get you anything except the, you know, the... The, the resources. The, the resources to, to craft a thing that will maybe make you better if you have enough of the things to make you better. But it's just like, you know, the, the treadmill is really obvious, and, like, there's a point at which you better just really love the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay in this to keep going on it, and I don't. That's what eventually makes me quit. Mm. The grind. Because it gets worse as you play it. Yeah. You get an hour 80, 90, you're really working hard to Like, make the draw it. to me on, at this point is like, oh, I want to see more of the, the world, and I want to see the monsters, and because they look real cool, and there's dinosaurs and dragons and stuff. Like, everybody likes that. But, like, I don't want to fight them, because it's like, it's like seeing that dragon there is great. I'm like, ooh, that's really cool. Do I want to have that fight? No, because that's like 20 minutes of just whacking at this thing with the same combo 40 times. Like, I'll say this. Capcom chose a really good time to release this game. Yeah, because it's right no now it is barren. I mean, there's Dragon Ball Fighters, but that's a completely different game. Um, very few people are going to make the tough decision of buying either Dragon Ball Fighters yeah. or Monster Hunter World. Uh, and I think this game is going to end up doing very, very well for Capcom. And Definitely. honestly, if you know, as long as you know what you're getting into, I think a lot of people are going will be satisfied with this game. Um, but it again, it definitely does what it does the best of the Monster Hunters yep, I played. It's the best Monster Hunter I played. 
I'll say that much, but it does not fundamentally change the experience. Yeah. All right. It's time for our trailer of the week, folks. As you know, this is your cue to get your questions into the chat. We'll answer as many as we can before we have to go. Our trailer of the week this week, it was a pretty slow week for trailers, in all honesty. And we even had, I even went back and looked like two weeks ago uh, to see if there's anything better for the week prior. It's been pretty slim pickings, but just today, a brand new story trailer came out for Far Cry 5, and that's what we're going to show you. Let it roll. I help the blind to see. I save souls. But unlike the chosen one sent before, God will never let you take me. This world is on the brink. Don't you understand what we're trying to build? And now, the collapse is upon us. We will take what we need. We will take you, willingly or not. Begin the refit! The cult stealing our land, kidnapping our friends. This is our home. Your grandfather built this place. I thought if we could just hang on, Eden's Gate would just go away. But they won't. They've been waiting for somebody to kick off their goddamn holy war. You need to build up resistance. Make no treaty with them. And show them no mercy. If we stick together, Cult will never break us. What God gives, no man can take away. <laughs> so that's it. That's probably the next really big game that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. next. Yeah, I mean, February's pretty slim. February's pickings. pretty quiet. Yeah. yeah, and then things start to heat up again around March, uh, which is not as good as last year. No. <laughs> February was quite the month last year. Yeah, I mean, the whole first quarter of last year was incredible. So we're going to have to do it, deal with it as we can. But like I said, if you do pick up Monster Hunter World, like it probably will, if you get hooked into it, will last you all the way through next month. Yeah, It's that big of a game. I saw someone in the chat saying uh, they're saying it's linear. They don't know what they're talking about. We're not saying that like the whole game is linear. Like you fight this monster, now you fight this monster. I was talking about the actual level design, about how there's these very narrow paths that you have to run down. And it feels like you run down a path, and then it opens up, and then maybe there's a branching path mm -hmm. off of that. It's just very... It feels like old level design from yeah, like the feel, 90s. It, it's a room with hallways that connect to the other rooms. Right, basically. exactly. Like You could look at a diagram of the world, and it's like circle, line, line, circle, circle, line, line, circle. That's... 90s level design. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Monster Hunters... Look it is. Like. It's always what they've been. It absolutely is. There's more paths between the various rooms in this one, I think. I just wanted to clarify but... what I was, what I meant when I said mm -hmm. it, the level design felt linear to me. Uh, we have a ton of questions in here. Uh, before we get going, some of you guys may have jumped on the stream late. 
it is the beginning of February, so if you guys have been contributing uh, your prime loot to Sifted, it would be awesome if you would do that again. There's a little button at the top right of the player where you can give us basically $2.50 for free just because you're an Amazon Prime member. So thank you very much. Uh, let's get to some questions. Jay Reed, Vic, always ask good questions when we can understand them. Sometimes they go over our head. Um, who has had a worse generation on consoles between EA and Capcom, not counting profits? Which would have been more surprising to you coming off the 360 PS3 generation? Ooh, Capcom's been worse. Yeah, I can't think of any Capcom games I really liked. Uh, RE7, Street Fighter V. It's all right. I mean, you're right. There's no... Capcom has yet to kind of have its coup d'etat mm -hmm. on Generation 8 hardware. There has not been that one game. Like, there hasn't been an RE4 for Generation 8 yet. And Capcom is usually good for at least one of those per generation. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I would say Capcom has had by far the the poorer of yeah, the two. Like a surpri surprisingly like low output. Yeah, that's really the issue. Capcom's output is slow to like a crawl. It's really crazy. I mean, some people may argue Monster Hunter is that game. And if you're a Monster Hunter fan, I could see, mm -hmm. I could understand taking that angle. Um, but it's not, maybe it's not as big a blowout as you might think. You start thinking about EA. I will say this, EA sports games have been pretty good this gen. Yeah. Um, they started out a little slow, but now all their sports games have kind of found a rhythm, and they're all at least pretty good at this point. Um, the Star Wars stuff has been pretty good, um, not amazing, but I feel like EA's output has kind of slowed down too. EA's made some questionable decisions um, and released some games that didn't make a whole lot of sense from a financial perspective, but the question said, forget about profits, just output. So... Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not a blowout, but I think I would give EA a... a EA a, gets the edge. Gets the that, edge there. But I think both of them have really kind of underperformed mm -hmm. Generation 8. Um, yeah, I don't know what's up with Capcom, man. I, I don't get it. They're obviously not Konami, because Konami's no, basically like, abandoned Generation and 8. They, but if, I, yeah, they're, they're sort of fumbling along. They're not really leveraging their big properties. Like, Mega Man's finally got a game coming out, but like... It doesn't seem like Capcom has a strategy. Not really. Like, we know Devil May Cry 5 is sort of lurking back there somewhere. Finished already, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it could just drop Devil May Cry 5 on us out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I think that collection's probably going to hit first. Yeah, well, to build up the hype for yeah. the numbered release or whatever. But I think it's actually closer than when I first thought about the question. At first, I was like, oh my gosh, Capcom's worse by a mile. But then I really started thinking about it. I'm like, maybe not. It's a little closer than yeah. I thought. I would still say Capcom has done a poor EA job. still put out Titanfall. It did. So. One and two. Uh, let's see. The Legacy. Um, I think Microsoft will use Game Pass as an excuse to put Battlefront 2-style microtransactions in their games to offset the loss. After playing Sea of Thieves, what are your expectations for Ubisoft Skull and Bones? Uh. My expectations for Skull and Bones were pretty low yeah. to begin with. When I found out that it wasn't just the team that made Assassin's Creed 4 making the entire game. Right. Well, also, I feel like Skull and Bones is going to be a lot less Sea of Thieves and a lot more uh, For Honor. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but Wait. it does make me wonder if, uh, I mean, after playing Sea of Thieves, it does make me wonder if that style of game, like sailing the seven seas as a pirate, is something that can hold up an entire experience. I don't know. 
Um, Maybe it'd be better if it was single player and more of a guided experience than multiplayer. I mean, worked for Black Flag and Rogue. Yeah. I mean, that's what people I think were asking was like asking for off of Black Flag was like just make a pirate game. Like right. we don't need the Assassin's Creed. You don't have to be on a boat a... all the time yeah. either. But just make a pirate game. Right. Yeah, a pirate-themed creed, right. essentially. Well, no, I think I think people were asking for a pirate game that isn't Assassin's Creed. Oh, really? Yeah, like people was like, just ditch the Assassin's Creed stuff and make a pirate game. Yeah, the first, could, the could... first part of his question, I think Microsoft will use a game pat will use Game Pass as an excuse to put Battlefront two style microtransactions in their games to offset the loss. Well, they already have those. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean. Microsoft first-party games have had those card things in them for years now. And the rec packs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's been in Halo 5. I mean, yes, that's nothing new. Um, so that wouldn't change just for Game Pass. They've been there all along. And I would say Microsoft has done a pretty good job with the rec packs. I've never felt like they've been kind of underhanded about how they've handled them or the policies around them have been particularly egregious. Um, Apparently, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of screaming about it. Nope, hasn't been a lot of pushback. And believe me, Halo fans will push back. That's true. Uh, w. Matthew, Monster Hunter World is in a game category of what I called WKI games. It's like Warframe, Original Sin 2, etc. We have to re- refer to out-of-game resources to fully understand them. What is your opinion on... Oh, it's Wiki Games. Seems part of the games as a service paradigm shift. I don't like games where you have to go out and, like, read wikis to learn how to play them well. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I am of the mind of the game should teach you how to play it. Period. Um, that was a big problem I had with Sea of Thieves, was that there was no tutorial in that thing at all. Nothing. Yeah, well, Sea of Thieves, like, I felt like after you know, a while... it was really simple. I figured it out. I pieced right. it together. I mean, also, Shadow of the Colossus is in part a game where they sort of kick you out into the world and you sort of have to figure out how everything goes together. That's okay if it's but simple. Like, yeah. like with Monster Hunter, I look, I look something up and I look read about, like, okay, this is what this is. And, like, I just read it and I'm just like, I never would have figured that out. No. Like, I could have played the game for 40 hours and not realizing that's exactly how that worked. And, like, I feel like that's constant with these sort of, like, especially like Monster Hunter, but also sort of, I feel like that, you know, Dark, Dark Souls is a little bit like that, too. Where it's yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. Where it's like, I would never know what poise means yeah. before without looking it up, especially because they keep changing it. Right. And, like, it's just that kind of thing where I'm like, I don't mind that so much. I actually have, you know, if you look at, uh, or if you did look at the time I was playing Dark Souls 3, I had a whole separate browser open with a whole set of other tabs of all things to look up for this, 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 and, like, what this does and what that does and where that is and what that has... And, like, you know, I have, like, a separate research station next to me while I've, I'm playing the There are lots games. of games that are like that, um, where you need, like, a resource mm-hmm. with you. To, and I don't like that. It's like, I should be able to just sit down and play a game without any other well, here's the anything. Thing, like, you can. Like, you can play Dark Souls without looking but at anything. You, up, but you're going to miss the some... suffering and, and then the stuff well, that no. you miss. And... Well, you, you miss, like, bonus stuff and powerful items or, like, little, little Easter egg things. But you can make it through the game just fine. And I'm sure you can make it through Monster Hunter World just fine, sort of fumbling your way through all the systems. Well, but you're like, leaning on your party members, probably. Yeah, but all, but that's the other thing is like you know, Monster Hunter isn't the same thing where it's like you feel like you have to understand all this stuff to a keep up with the other people you're playing with, and b not waste the materials you spent 20 minutes killing this thing to get. You know, like, 20. Like it, it's it's uh, you got some quick killers on your teams. It's just like I don't know. It, it's it, a big commitment. Monster yeah. Hunter is a big commitment. Like literally, you're gonna if you sit down and play that game, you're gonna play it for at least an hour, or you're not gonna accomplish squat. Mm-hmm. Even with like the ability to warp from camp to camp and 
all and they have done some stuff like that to try to quicken the experience a little bit you yeah. still have to dedicate a big chunk of time to it to actually accomplish anything pretty much yeah and it, i mean to, to be fair uh, the time kind of melts away when you when I play it anyway. Like I was like, oh wow, that was, was two hours ago. I didn't realize I was playing that that long. Like it keeps you going. It's just yeah. I don't feel like I get a lot out of it. it it's not very rewarding to me. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't. It's not like like the Souls games where I feel like you know I beat a boss or two and I feel like I you know I I got something done this evening. Whereas like Monster Hunter, where I'm just like oh I I I got four scales off those guys and then I went back and killed another one and I got, I got scales yeah, yeah. again and then I got yeah. an I got an eyeball off this one thing yeah. and so it's like it's like it's like and that'll make that with that I can make a new uh, piece of armor that's eight instead of six yeah and it's just like yeah some people love that stuff though yeah. grinding for those minimal I would probably like it better if I had like a regular group I played with but I'm mostly soloing this thing uh, Wolf Fox 10 JC Eagles versus Patriots prediction. Well, Sam is sitting over here, world's biggest Patriots fan and Tom Brady lover. And uh, I will say this: I think literally the game's... Tom Brady's lover. He like, really he, heard... he. I saw him kiss Tom Brady. You heard once. it here first. <laughs> we caught him one time kissing a picture of Tom Brady when we were uh, outside using the bathroom. We came in and we caught him. But uh... <laughs> 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 Sam actually said something. Oh, it got him zing. so mad. He said something. Uh, I think the game's going to be really close. If I were a betting person and I were going to bet on the game, I would bet on the Eagles because the spread's like four and a half, five points. And I think that even if the Eagles lose, it'll be within four and a half, five points. I personally think the Eagles are going to win. And I'm not an Eagles fan. Um, I'm a Steelers fan. So, uh, so how is it you're not an Eagles fan, but you're from Philadelphia? Are you... I'm not originally from Philadelphia. That's where I went to college. Okay, so you're, you're Western... Central Pennsylvania Central. is where I grew up, yeah. So what's the dividing line for Steelers and Eagles fans? There, I mean, in Central Pennsylvania, it's probably 60, 40, or 70, 30 favor Steelers. Steelers have a bigger fan base than the Eagles in general, um, and you see that across Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it'll be close, uh, but I, I favor the Eagles to win, and I would definitely bet on the Eagles, because I think even if they lose, they'll cover that four and a half, five points. Don't blame me if you lose money. It's not my fault. Uh, let's see. We'll answer a couple more. Uh, Justin Horman, hypothetically, if Microsoft were to purchase EA, what buried franchises like Road Rash or Wing Commander would make you happy if they were to be revived? Would any of these franchises actually make sense to carry on in today's gaming world? What were some of the ones they mentioned? Uh, Wing Commander and Road Rash. Well, I would play either of those in a heartbeat. Yeah, so. those are good picks, actually. Although I wonder if Road Rash works in 2018. I don't know. I mean, that's, maybe there's I, actually a game. That's I played Road Rash it. 3D again uh, for uh, that Facebook show I did last year, and uh, it was still fun. Yeah, like I think you could do something with it. There's an indie game that's basically stealing the Road Rash idea. I can't remember yeah. what it no, is. I know what you're t- it was like a Kickstarter, I think. Yeah, and uh, maybe that's what best. For, to represent that genre at yeah, this point. Yeah, I mean, you, maybe, you probably don't need the muscle of EA to, to get that game out there. But Wing Com- I would love to see them bring Wing Commander back with full full honors. Uh, maybe just maybe just as a like one last middle finger when Star Citizen comes out. What about Command and Conquer? I mean, that franchise is pretty much gone at this point. Yeah, well, they had that like what that free to play web version or something, and then it just sort of fizzled out. Anything from Westwood, any of those IP, I would love if they brought it back. 
I mean, they, EA's sitting on a catalog. I mean, I you, know what it's if, not going to do anything with what them. If, I mean, what if they took? What if they really took the, the kind of the the ambition of uh, some of these stupid like Need for Speed games? But what if they made a Starflight that really lived up to what you know maybe need, what people wanted out of No Man's Sky or something? That's a tough sell. Or like. Uh, I don't know, man. It's hard no, to get people hyped behind that. No Man's Sky sold millions and millions of copies. And it was a new IP. That's a good like, point. I don't think most people will remember that franchise. No, though, I, you don't have to remember it for it to be a good idea, yeah. though. Um, Populous. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a, they got a lot of stuff in the vault. There's so many. I mean, you can just go Syndicate. on Syndicate. Yeah. Yeah. The Strike Games. Yeah. He is going on. You know, yeah, the EA's got a ton. Of, and you go to EA and they've got all the boxes on yeah, the walls. Yeah, you see it there, and, but... and you're like, why is he even here? Are you just taunting <laughs> me now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, EA is a little bit like Microsoft. It's kind of settled into these are the franchises we're actually going to work on. Wasteland. They still have Wasteland, or they did until In Exile came over and said, hey, we're just going to do this now. Ooh, here's a Bernie one. What game's more overrated, Breath of the Wild or Monster Hunter World? Hmm. I haven't played Monster Hunter. <laughs> I mean, I'll be one that we want to answer. <laughs> more overrated. Well, the very I least, would say Monster Hunter. Yeah, at the very World least, I'd say that overrated. like Breath of the Wild breaks away from what the yeah. previous games were a lot more than Monster Hunter does. Yeah, Monster Hunter World's more overrated in my opinion. Um. Tomb Raider's 11. How do you feel about the Elder Scrolls 6 and Shadow of the Tomb Raider picks on the Fantasy League now that Red Dead Redemption 2 has been delayed? Still, I'm you, fine you, with you it. Still, just, yeah. Yeah. We have the alternates this year. I think that uh, satiates the yeah. apprehension a little bit. Red Dead just pushed this no skin off mine. Yeah, and because we drafted those late, I'm freaking out because this was like my first pick. So that's why I'm bugging out over Red Dead because it was my first overall. And if you lose that, you pretty much have no mm-hmm. chance to win. Two, uh, and two years, two years running with a bad first pick. Yeah, that would really hurt. Uh, so I think that's what the issue is more than just the fact that it was delayed. It doesn't really impact. We made those picks at the end of the draft knowing we had the alternates. Um, but it does get a little hairier if you do lose one of your top games because then those gambles you made at the end of the draft aren't gambles anymore. Right. They're like life or one death. One of them's got to count. Now. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch. But... Uh, that's it, folks. That's it for Game Face episode 115. Glad you guys could join us on the stream. Thanks for all you guys, all your great questions. Thanks for hanging out with us on your Friday night. Uh, hope you guys all have a great Super Bowl weekend. Uh, go Eagles. <laughs> Much to Sam's chagrin. Uh, should be a good game at the very least. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for us. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.